通episode of the key items podcast your local southern fried podcast we are here today to discuss games in a bit because i'm <laughs> gonna bitch again but games news nerds shit like that um i am your host today clearly as i have promised this is a, another villains episode in our tournament i normally don't introduce our our key item until much later but i just wanted people to know because i will not have a clever intro for my um my co-host for this afternoon because of that because i've done like the villain thing like a thousand times and we're gonna do it a thousand more so i don't want to keep recycling villain jokes um but anyway i am joined as always by Dustin. What's up? And Arnold. What up? And before we start with our gaming news, <laughs> once again, COVID-19 bit session. Um, this is like a comment section on a YouTube video now. Right? Yep. It's, it's honestly, the podcast I listen to and everything else, everyone does this. Everyone I mean, uses it's this It's hard event. not to consider and, you know. Well... It's a venting time. Like, yeah, exactly. You got to deal with this shit. Um, on my end, personally, COVID-19 has fucked my life. Um, <laughs> I'm not exaggerating, people. Um, home is currently jobless, so figuring out that shit like that. Um, and I've developed allergies, I think. So what? that's fun to have. When all the symptoms of allergies are similar to COVID-19. So you don't know what you got. Um, I also don't have health insurance. So if I get it, I'm fucked. Um, but like, yeah, I've, I've, I don't know. Arnold doesn't know that I, I've slightly started to realize I think I have allergic symptoms. Because on the, the short times where me and my girlfriend will go out to get like food and shit like that. Um... Like, my throat and, like, head will hurt a little bit. Like, my throat will get kind of tight. And I'm like, holy shit, I got the COVID. And then I'm like, well, that was fast. Like, that's the fastest <laughs> moving virus ever. And then I'll go back in. And then some of the other symptoms will calm back down. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I have allergies. And I was getting some, like, Claritin shit. Um... In the aisle, because I don't know it works. So my girlfriend was like, I know all the drugs. And um, we were in the aisle. What a way to preface it. And, uh, <laughs> and we were in the aisle. No, and... Definitely not the, the Mexican magic. <laughs> the Me- no, Native magic's fucking voodoo. Stop, stop telling stuff. You know Americans <laughs> will fucking like ransack shit and take it away. Like, they have no class. They will just fucking take anything they want and be like, well, I didn't know it was good before. Like, just don't, don't say anything. Arnold's right. Just let them live in ignorance. Just let them live in ignorance. The less Americans know about shit, 
Well, this current climate does not mean the less things Americans know about. There's some things that are best. There's better some things that are best. Letter best. There you go. Dustin says it. But anyway, so we were now, and um, old lady um, was she was diligently working in this crap, and she was stocking up stuff, and um, she heard me say, "I don't know what to get," and she turned and she was like, "Your first time in Georgia, moving to Georgia," and I laughed. I said, "No, ma'am." lived there all my life i just now developing um um allergies and she was like oh he's becoming sensitive in his old age and i was like i guess you're right <laughs> like you know more than i would and but yeah so anyway um needless to say i'm a grumpy ass right now quite frankly um i am bitter and pissed off and um I, I, I read news and all I read is rich white guy decides this for me. And um, I, I yeah, I'm angry. I'm very, 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 very angry. But I've been doing a good job of not taking out on people. Which yeah. um, is doing better than some people. Which is the what you should do. Because our president gets grumpy at his home state and decides to let them die. Um <laughs> I I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just saying, yep. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, um, <laughs> um, uh. like, um, but anyway, I won't get overly political, um, constantly. I'm pretty sure everyone knows my opinions on things anyway, but, um, yeah, that has had me grumpy, um, for the longest time. People anyway. are being unfairly mean to people. Yes. Like somebody the other day that we know that works at Home Depot was saying people are coming in there for their plants and their flowers, the people that, you know, need something to do, I guess. Mm-hmm. And some people trying to grow vegetables and such in case, you know, they can't, they makes it easier for them to not have to go to the store, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people are just being mean to like the poor people working at Home Depot. And I'm like, why? Things are already bad enough. I don't, okay, and this is something that's um, more of a neutral thing. Um, People, if you go out and you're buying stuff from any of these essential places, and and maybe you're getting vegetables or food, that's fine. But particularly to these people who are getting luxury shit, like you want to plant your own crops and shit like that. Fuck off if you're being mean to these people who are working there. (laughs) Like, just fuck you. And, um, again, as I say on this podcast all the time, you should be beaten with Nerf bats by the rock. Like, you should just, <laughs> like, you, you're a, you're a bad person. You're a, um, you're a horrible person. No one likes you. And, um, I hope you get, um, crabs and, um, hemorrhoids. Like, Man, I, just... I forgot what criminal show it was. It was like, the guy's like, you look dusty. <laughs> that's yeah. a very old like um amongst like black kids we used to say that we used to be like you look dusty uh, <laughs> yeah. and then of course the lotion jokes would follow um <laughs> oh yes the ashiness yes the ashiness um if, so you're, ashiness. if you rub your elbows together you may set a fire <laughs> shit like that um it looks um, like a powdered donut fuck um <laughs> but like like yeah, so, yeah, like, be nice to people. Oh, my goodness, more sirens out near my house. I live near um, a hospital, a um, very famous hospital. I live near Emory Hospital. Um, and so, 
We hear shit all the time. Um, but anyway, was going to say, yeah. I don't even we've lived near a hospital, and we hear, well, I live near a, a dispatch center, so. Okay, yeah. yeah. So we hear people going out to all, all corners of this little rural county to take people to the. How about the folks? Um, I was going to say, um, back to what Dustin was saying, I completely, completely agree. Um, these people don't have to help you. These places don't have to stay open, but they are in this time where these people are more likely to get infected than you are. Um, and these people need work. Um, as a person who doesn't have it, these people, they, they need it. So let them fucking work. And you just shit your fucking face and get your shit and leave. Like, because um, I'm pretty sure if if you're doing this, you're probably like some hipster trash. Like you probably have like, some money that mommy and daddy saved up or you work like a horrible job that preys on people so you have money saved up and like you know you you just are useless to just kidding I don't know. <laughs> but but my my point, they go like two ham dude my my points thing I, I i preface this podcast that i'm angry um but like it is really be nice to people people are working hard um and you're not so important that you can't be nice to somebody doing exactly. something for you. Um, also, um, for the states that do this, why the fuck are you not closing gun shops? Um, <laughs> my state is one of them because why not? Why not C- close the nightclubs? But let the what do you mean? How am, I, how am I supposed to defend myself from the COVID nineteen man? Yeah, you got to get those COVID bullets. <laughs> <laughs> the really really stupid good lord anyway that's my bitching hour um i went on for a little bit and i hope everyone who didn't enjoy it is still here and for those of you who did enjoy it I'm very happy i got a bitch for you because i know when i listen to my podcast i love a good political bitching um, but anyway let's get into our news and for our news today i actually would like to start off because i have some things oh i'm sorry everyone there is one thing i did need to bitch about this is this is still kind of political but it's very problematic the fda is a bunch of dumbasses um, they are now allowing um, people of who identify with the LGBT community to donate blood. However, they cannot have had sex within the last three months. As a person who donates blood <laughs> regularly, ain't no science. What the fuck? Um, this is just pure, in my case, homophobia. Um, that's all it is because their blood is honestly no different than our blood. And, um, for those of you who say, oh, homosexual sex will do, it will cause just as many STDs as heterosexual sex. Like, um, I, 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 I have done um, PowerPoints and conversation pieces on um, more geared towards um, LGBT forms of sexual encounters, I guess the best way to say that, um, or lack of a better term. And um, 
and doing your research people really like it's the same we come back to the last episode where i say if your dog saw you humping i don't think they would care if there were two men two women or one man one woman um doing it it's gonna all look weird to them um and so um coming back to that like also another thing how do you know if they fucked like within three months they could sit you dead in the face and be like nah i'm good not me <laughs> not me i didn't fuck nobody and like so basically because because they don't do this with me they don't do this with me as a straight um, um heterosexual male cis male and so um just take the fucking blood you monkeys like <laughs> <laughs> like people need blood just take it, like, fuck, <laughs> like, just be, just be Dracula here. Just take that blood. Just take it. Anyway, I'm sorry. I had that on the top of my news list actually, and I was so angry. Um, but time to bitch about something nerd related. What is with this JoJo thing? What JoJo um, thing? So JoJo's, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is an excellent anime and manga series that. Um, me, Dustin, and Arnold really love and are into. And it's been going on for years, decades. decades. And I have been a very big proponent of it. I've been telling everyone to watch it and everyone to look at it. But no one did. Like, no one. Um, hold up now. I remember that wait, story time differently. Out, time, out, time out, time out. You're not included in this. Shut your mouth. Let me finish the story. <laughs> What Arnold's relating to, and what I have said on the podcast before, <laughs> is that him and his brother had told me about watching it. And I had already known about JoJo since the 90s. But I only knew the 90s JoJo, which was not good. <laughs> and so when they would tell me it's about it... Really not. Yeah, when they would tell me about it, I would be like, fuck that. Like, fuck JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And this was when they only had, like, two seasons, if I recall. And so they were like, no, dude, it's good. You should watch it. I said, no, y'all are trash for looking at it, right? Well, years later... Well, uh, no, I, I didn't even watch it. I just heard about it. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. You you heard about it. You and your brother heard about it. And I told you guys not to look at it. And this was because, at the time, I was an undergrad, I think. And my friends had told me to look at it. And they were like, man, you got to watch JoJo. But it was like part one. And part one is, for some people, me in this category, it's not the best part. Um, and so I didn't like it. I thought it was bad. I was like, is this JoJo? This is the JoJo I've been hearing about for years? Mm -hmm. Fuck this. So finished part one, didn't watch it for a whole nother year and a half. And then I got bored and I was like, fuck it. I'll look at part two. And I was like, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> JJ was wrong. Um, <laughs> um, yes, actually, my nickname is the same like nicknames as you would give the Joe Stars. Um, but like, <laughs> that's my actual nickname. Um, but like, yeah. So I watched part two. I was like, "Holy fuck, JoJo's amazing!" Kept watching it. Fell head over heels with it and told everyone to watch it. And I all the time tell people. That I didn't like it at first. I thought it was shit. Now I bring this all up because I I, I applaud transparent, transparency. If you hated something, just say you hated it. And then say that you like it now. 
But all these fuckers online have been telling me, I have had three people in my life say, hey, James, did you watch JoJo? And I'm like, (laughs) excuse me? Person I told to watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure 15 times already? And they're like, it's amazing. And I'm like, is it because you're all crammed inside your homes and you have nothing to do? So you say, fuck it. Now I'll watch JoJo. Now I'll watch JoJo. Hey, this is really good. Who was it that told me to watch that? Hey, James, if you watch... And I'm like, fuck (laughs) off. Like... And the only person who does not fit in this category is my friend Sarah. She got into it actually after she visited me for um, Dragon Con, and I, I was talking that. about yeah, I was talking about JoJo's all day just to be silly. I wasn't trying to get her to watch it, but like she she like went home and watched it and found it quite enjoyable. And so she doesn't count. But the rest of you fuckwits, <laughs> fuck you guys, because I hate when I tell someone to watch an anime and they say okay and then they just don't. First off, just tell me you're not gonna watch it. Don't sit there and be... Don't try to preserve my feelings. Like, <laughs> just be like, I'll get to it maybe, but I probably won't. Be open with me. Don't fuck with me, because I'm just going to ask you later that you like it. Um, and then you have to make up some other unique lie. Just stop it. <laughs> I'm not going to be <laughs> mad if you don't like it. Like... You know, I'm sure Arnold doesn't have some impending grudge that I haven't finished sales at work. He probably does. No, I actually <laughs> forgot about it. What? No. Arnold, Arnold gets excited whenever he comes over and he sees sales at work because he loves that anime. Um, it actually, no jokes about sales at work. Legit, it's actually a pretty good anime. I think it's also done by David Productions. Or, hmm. I don't know. Um, David Productions is JoJo. Um, but anyway... That was a quick bitch. Like, because I'm like, people, like, I've been telling y'all to watch JoJo. I'll say it again. Watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It's really good. Also, stop calling it Seasons and saying Season 2 is the one with Jotaro in it. That's Part 3. I don't... I'm... I know... Is I know, it because people are used to saying Seasons instead of Parts? I also think that... It's a little confusing with that series because Part Season 1 is two parts. And that throws people off, I think. But well, yeah. yeah. So what I was gonna say, what Dustin was gonna say, is that if you if you look at it on Netflix or Hulu, they put season they put part one and two in the same season. Yeah. When they're not, they are not the same story at all. And what literally, they change. Phantom Blood and Battle, Battle, Tendency, Battle Tendency. Yeah, yeah. Um, those are all. I mean, you can just remember like the seasons by. New Jotaro. Right. So that's the that's the thing. You would think someone's mind would slowly transform in their head going like, oh, this is a completely different Joestar. This must be a new story. But some people, I guess, just think, oh, that's just how they do things. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, that was a, that was my, my nerdy bitch moment for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Other news on my end. Um, I was going to say... Which Brook is in development now. This is made by Chucklefish, the company that made um, Stardew Valley. Um, the very, very, very popular um, sim-type farming game that I have gotten so many people crack-induced on. Um, which is really funny <laughs> because I don't play it. Uh, <laughs> I just recommend it to people. It's not my type of game, but it's a quality game. 
It well, is. you know, if you're the drug stealer, you're not supposed to take your own. Uh, I don't get high on my own supply. You don't use your own. Yeah, you don't get high from supply. Don't shit where you eat and stuff like that. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's an excellent game. I highly recommend people buy it. Um, I love watching it being played. Gorgeous game, really well. Now they're making a new game called Witchbrook, which is apparently in the same vein of sim sim game, but now you're basically Hogwarts students. Um, which my girlfriend blew her shit over when she found this out. My girlfriend loves Harry Potter. It's like her X-Men. And like, you know, she loves Stardew Valley. So then you put Harry Potter with Stardew Valley and I'm never going to see her again. Um, <laughs> she'll be on her Switch. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's really exciting. Um, oh, this is something that's kind of new. I heard about this last night from um, a friend of uh, mine. Um, actually, technically a mutual friend of me, Dustin, and Arnold. Um, it's Arnold's best friend, brother's best friend. And um, we were just playing some League, the toxic game, and last night. And they had mentioned to me about the new Star Wars story called The New Republic. Um, and my brain already half melted in its... Skull was like, what the what the fuck is this? You're already like in a galaxy far, 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 far. I'm already like, what's this about? So they told me that it's set 300 years before the Clone Wars. So I was kind of like, huh? So isn't that the Old Republic? And they said, no, no, no. Correction, that was 3,000 years. I said, oh yeah, that's right. It was it was three something. So the New Republic, <laughs> the New Republic, the Middle Republic. Yeah, the New Republic basically to me seems like a really, 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 really stupid idea. Um, I read it up. It is the most like safe form of Star Wars, and this is why I don't like it because Star Wars is already really safe. You know, good guys are good, bad guys are bad. Um, particularly now that they're with Disney. But this one is just intense. Um, and it's no, sorry, the High Republic, safe? is that right? Oh, I'm sorry. The High Republic. You're correct, Dustin. Sorry. Okay, I was like, this is even more confusing if this, this is another New Republic. I completely, I completely butchered that. This shows how much I care about it. The, yep. the, yeah, high, <laughs> the high Republic, you're correct. I, I pulled up my little thing now. I'm looking at it. So I read through it because I wanted to give it a chance. I read like what they have. It's basically, they literally let off going with, this is when the Jedi were good and pure and light. And then the Jedi, while they're different, they all hope for the same common goal of goodness in the universe. And I'm like, I don't want to read that shit. Like, I don't want to read My Little Pony Star Wars. I'll watch My Little Pony if I want that. Like... Um, and I was looking through the characters, and while the art design on them are all very generic, boring, and bland, um, they also fit a great, boring, generic, and bland, like, personality trait. You thought I was going to say, but there's something unique about it. There's not. Um, and they're trying to diversify without being diverse. And this is something that happens a lot in things, and this is my personal opinion. So, out of all the characters, they got one guy. That's fine by me. I don't give a fuck. It could be no dicks in this scenario. But this dude is like just your standard. He looks like um, the main character from Uncharted. 
the most. So is he cornflakes? Just plain? Just plain. He's just plain cornflakes. Just a white guy with brown hair, and he's a well-respected Jedi who's optimistic. Um, and then, of course, they have to have the young girl who can um, in the Star Wars universe. She is. And, and I take that back. I take the girl part off. The young Jedi that can. Because this archetype annoys me if it were to be a male as well. Um, she's the youngest Jedi in her order at the time. Being 16 as a Jedi Knight. Um, she's an alien. But she's a pretty alien. I use quotation marks. Because. I'm like a, like a Rodian or something. Where people are going to be like. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't want. You, you want your young Jedi to be attractive she can't be mm-hmm. she can't be a different she can't be an alien species where the physical attributes for us humans would be different that we wouldn't approve of them can't be one of those uh ones with like the like the little like keyboard player and mm-hmm. uh, exactly. uh, what was return to the jedi mm-hmm. the long like anteater snout if you yes if you if you learn <laughs> nothing from star wars only attractive people can be jedi <laughs> Um, anyone of any race can be a Jedi so long as they're human and they're attractive. Um, uh, well, you can be if you're another if you're another species in Star Wars. You'll just be a background character. Yeah, or you have to be one of the like the hot species, like a Twi'lek, because yes. like the the tendrils on their head for some reason is just hot. Um, but nah, I'm not sure what's going on with that. <laughs> but then they have another character. She's the quick-witted and impulsive character. She's also the black one. Um, because that's diverse in the hallmark of, like, archetypes. Um, you have a Twi'lek, actually. She's a Jedi Master. Um, and then you have your main character, who is the, um, the white lady. So, she is a noble Jedi and the brightest of the Jedi-hood. And it's just everything is so milk toast and boring. <laughs> like nothing is like everyone's attractive. There's a there's a diversity of all. There's a white lady. There's a black lady. There's a there's an alien lady that looks slightly dishuman. And then there's a very human looking alien young girl. And then there's a a white guy. And my thing is is that like this is definitely aimed at children. Um. And I don't have a problem. Like, Disney's going to make their bank off of this anyway. I think my biggest issue is that why not just full-on diversify? Like, why not just go deep into it? Get some aliens we've never seen before. Um, make your main character be, like, the black lady or, or the black guy. Um, you know, add in some different walks of life for Star Wars in general. Um, also, don't make them all nice. Like... Get your Captain Marvel in there. It's kind of a jerk. Oh yeah, get us, get us like a Jedi that's just like man, I'm like does their job well, but they're a jerk. About they're it. a jerk about it. They're like, did you see how many limbs I cut off? And they're like, that's not the Jedi way. It's like you're right. That's why you lost. Like you know, <laughs> like you know, put some jerks in there. Put some, put some people that you know have traded sides. Put some soldiers in it. Put some like you know people. Some- Oh, sorry, Dustin. Go ahead. Some of those, uh, those, those, that trooper class from the old Republic in there, right? Yeah, like everyone... get your get your Han Solo in there, right? It it screams too much of we are marketing this because everyone has a lightsaber, you know. 
And if one thing that's always been a problem for me for Star Wars after the Clone Wars, it was that it became so, like, lightsaber heavy. Hmm. That makes sense. Like, there was just lightsabers everywhere. And everything was all about the shiny glow weapons. Something Freudian about all this. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did start adding just so many lightsabers. <laughs> and different, <laughs> different types of lightsabers. And yeah. Um, that being said, this is me bitching. And um, who knows? It could turn out good. But they call it the upcoming multi-platform epic. Which that means we're going to get a Marvel comic uh-huh. and a show on uh, Disney Plus. A video game. And a video game. And probably yep. a movie, several movies. Um, yep. And that's my problem. This seems so marketable. Like, this seems so marketable. Um, yeah. So I, I understand things needing to be marketable, but this feels like it was made to be marketed, not like made to be good and then develop a market. Oh, yeah, no, no, it is not. There's no individuality of it. It just seems so, so so focused groups. It's very focused group. It's very focused group um, to high degrees. Um, So, yeah, we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it turns out good. Who knows? Um, But, yeah, also, um, Fantasy Star Online 2 is definitely coming in spring to the PC. Looking out for that. Yeah, looking forward to that one. Very hopeful for that. So far, everyone says it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that covers it for my news. I have some sad news that... Um, I don't know this person very well, but I just thought it was sad. I glanced over it. That Ariana Keoili, I butchered that last name. I apologize. It was a former chess master and also mm-hmm. like model and she died at 33 from a car accident i just thought that was really sad um chess masters are few and far between yeah, armenian chess... right mm-hmm. i think yes i believe so i could don't quote me on that but i could yeah. be wrong she started when she was like 16 or something i think i saw this article too and i read mm-hmm. and her boyfriend or husband is like number seven in the world but the bigger issue for me is that there's not a lot of like female chess masters mm-hmm. it's very much a. Uh, uh sort of a male dominated it's a, hobby it's a boys like. club it's like video games it's a it's a it's a boys club where like when you have women in it that are doing so well you kind of want to highlight that mm-hmm. um and this person she died at 33 even though her you know her death was one that could happen to anybody it's just really sad because this person mm-hmm. was good at something that is usually male dominated and um she like yeah it just is upsetting it's just like in one dimension that she was also like a model a supermodel or something like that so it's like yeah which yeah. is an interesting combination <laughs> yeah, was, you don't like, often think of like chess grandmaster and supermodel not that these things are not compatible but mm-hmm. yeah like it's it's just it's just nice it's like that know. person i knew at one point who was like a math major and a writing minor it was just sort of an odd combination <laughs> but yeah i just wanted to highlight that because that person deserves some recognition mm-hmm. and yeah so that's my news um I'm going to take a step back and let one of you guys fight it out for who wants to talk next. Go for it, Arnold. Yeah, I'm not feeling it. You can get knocked. Damn, no, no <laughs> blood. Uh. Um, so, this went under the radar for a lot of people, including me, because I figured my brother would be talking about it, but he didn't even know about it. Uh, Modern Warfare 2 Remastered 
has come out for the PS4 just right now. Um, other platforms will have to wait. Um, for some reason, I don't know why it's on PS4 right now. Makes, I don't know. I just what don't do know. You, it's you, fucking don't, you don't know why. No, there's just no reason. It's it just been released on the PS4 first. That, that I can find. Maybe there's probably an article out there. But was it supposed it to be released earlier or later? Well, this came... Uh, the release of Modern Warfare 2 Remastered came out of nowhere. Dataminders found... Uh, like, Modern Warfare 2 assets uh, remastered in some game or something. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not just... like Really just, like, Modern Warfare 2 remastered, basically. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, maybe it's coming out. When is it going to come out? It came out, like, out of nowhere. Oh, okay. Um, so there was no announcement for this game coming. There was like no, almost no, um, like advertising for it. Basically, I have a theory. <laughs> um, everyone's trapped at home. <laughs> what better way to make our money? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, Final Fantasy VII's pre-downloads have been up for a while now. Yeah, but like there was no advertising for this. What I'm trying game to say. GameStop's getting in legal trouble trying to sell those games. So. Uh, but I see what you're saying. Uh, let let them saying. go ahead. Let, let them get in legal problems. That's their fucking problem. Uh, yeah, there's other ones too that we don't have in our area, but there's some other game stores that have not learned from GameStop's. But go ahead. Um, this uh, this this remasters. Um, it's not like remember when Call of Duty Modern Warfare came out in I think 2018 that where that's a remake. This is this is just a remaster of the old one where the infamous uh, no Russian scene happens basically. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. still in the game, but apparently there's an option to skip it. I cannot confirm that, but some people are saying you actually don't have to play that mission. Okay. Yeah, that, made people, that mission made a lot of people uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. Which, uh, you mission, know, like, questions whether they're doing it for the statement back then or just for the shock value. It's probably both. It it's probably both. Like, when you see it in a video game, if it's done in such a hard way like that, it's usually both. It's not usually completely cynical, where they're mm. just trying to get you hyped up for something. Um, but they were definitely trying to recreate a shock value, such as when the nuke dropped in the first one. Um, was that the first one? I thought that was the third one. Third one, sorry. I say first. In no, hold on. No, I think ones. I think you're. I actually think you're right. I think that's the first. No, no, it was the third. It was it was the, mo- the first Modern Warfare. But I refer to them as the first ones as far as Modern Warfare. I always think of Call of Duty nowadays is when Modern Warfare started because of the the Call of Duties before were so different mm. and far removed, um, and they were for a different age and time. Mm. Well, but, I actually like the story of Modern Warfare too, which is. I mean, I'm not about to buy this game. Mm-hmm. If I got it for free, I'd play it. <laughs> if it was 20 cents, I'd maybe buy it. But I'm not about to buy, uh, buy this game. Uh, but what's interesting, though, is that this game has no multiplayer support. If you're <laughs> buying it, it's just for the campaign. So then no one's going to play it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know the cost. Hold on, let me check how much it costs real quick. No, someone can dust if you want to talk real quick. <laughs> I didn't know it would take you that long to look up the cost. <laughs> no, no, all right. Um, okay, so uh, 
uh, I'll pick up on some news from last week. So the the mobile game, the Final Fantasy game, real bad. Really? Like it's real well done, but it's so predatory. It's incredibly predatory mm-hmm. to the degree that I know people who were looking forward to it are like, "Nope, I'm not going to go within like 30 feet of that thing." I'm not surprised. Yeah, it's it's apparently like even compared to some other gotchas, it's a really predatory gotcha. So apparently, really well, really well done. And if they had done it as a non gotcha, it probably would have done fine. But they wanted to make all the money instead of just most of the money. And that's, so it's very. That's scary that it's more predatory than gotchas. Gotcha yeah, it it is a gotcha, but it's know. an especially predatory gotcha. If the gotchas are like rated, it's like a it's like a Jack the Ripper gotcha instead of just like that guy that, that brought, broke into a, a convenience store gotcha. Because like, <laughs> cause like, yeah, when I think of gotchas, the reason I don't play gotchas is one, the, the, the routine of playing it does not appeal to me. But like what I do know for gotchas is that they pull you in with some form of enticing gaming loop. Something that gets you on your phone for more than 30 minutes and you're like playing this constantly or brings you back to your phone constantly without you thinking of it. Like you're just you're sitting there and then you look down and you're like, oh, oh my goodness, I've been playing this for like 10 minutes. And they do that loop so well that you'll play it whether or not you're paying for it or not, but you'll be enticed to pay once in a while. You know, may take you a few months, may take you a year, but they may get you to pay for it. Um, but the fact that a game that came out like Final Fantasy is just so predatory. One, it's not a surprise. It's Square Enix mobile department, which is just as bad as Nintendo's mobile department. Um, and they just do predatory monetization bullshit on all their games. Um, it is disappointing um, because they are a company that has enough money and prestige to not have to do that shit same as nintendo um but they do it anyway and Mm -hmm. it's another reason why i i get upset about this final fantasy 7 thing is because square enix is they're trying to profiteer off shit Mm -hmm. most of the time so yeah that's disappointing fuck that game though What else? Yeah, I'm not gonna you find not your gonna uh, you find your price there, Arnold. Uh, yeah, it's uh, apparently it's really cheap. Actually, it's twenty dollars. <laughs> okay, that's not bad. Yeah, not bad. I'm still not paying for it. <laughs> uh, speaking of cheap, uh, there is. I have to plug this because this is one of my favorite companies. There is an Arxis sale on the Nintendo eShop right now. Um, and it's got several of their games, not all of their games, but several of their games are on sale. It's trying to uh, get people to buy things while they stand at home. Uh, yeah, but uh, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle is like five dollars right yeah, now. Yeah, it's like so. four eighty dollars, four dollars eighty cents. Yeah, so I may pick that up even though I already own it on PC. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, so that's that's going on there. Um, some other news that I had written down. If I can find it again. Uh, speaking of Arxit, um, the I mentioned I missed this news last week, and this is like the obscure news that uh, Undernight's newest version is now out on PC. It had been out on PlayStation Four for a little while, um, but now it's on Steam. 
Okay, okay. Yeah. Undernight, for people who don't know, is a 2D anime um, fighter. Yep. Really, really good. Very, very, very anime, yeah. By a company called French Bread that's published by Arxis. If you catch me at Dragon Con, you'll see me playing it. Yes, I'm they use an arcade machine, so I don't have to check. <laughs> I'm already at the game. James, did you hear about this? This is actually from a while back, actually, but I saw it when I was on Arxis's website checking for that sale to get my information on it. Man. The Double Dragon and Kuniokun Retro Brawler Bundle. I think I saw that. <laughs> actually, it's kind I've been, of. Uh, I've wanted to get a good brawler, but I don't know if any of them have uh, multiplayer online support. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I've been lied to by right after River playing City Girls. River City Girls. Yeah, right. I'm like, of all the games, like you know, the Double Dragon has an excuse, but River City Girls should be online. Yeah, it's new, and so why is it not online? Why is it just have local? It's so. Strange. It is a good um, game too. Go ahead. Sorry. Um. The if anybody has plays play, a has a PlayStation Four, I do not, and is interested in the Guilty Gear Strive beta, the signups for that end tomorrow. Oh, mm. so that's a solid game. Yep. So that's coming. The beta for the, uh, the signups for the beta end tomorrow, and then I guess you get in or you don't get in. Um, I've never had good luck getting into betas actually. Um, I'm all right. Know. I'm always in between. I get into a lot of Riot betas. For some reason. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, I think that's about all I have for the most part. Okay. Arnold, you got anything else? I have one uh, other piece, but I'll put that in my patch notes. Since it also goes with the game I'm... Okay, okay. Well, now that we've already said it, let's go into our... <laughs> patch notes! did that for effect because then I add in the audio cue. That works. It's like that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, Arnold, <laughs> go ahead with your patch notes. What's up? Okay, so uh, I've recently uh, I've picked up Darkest Dungeon. It's a pretty good game. Really? I didn't notice. Uh, oh, man, you should. You know, and when you have friends on the Switch, you should say online playing. Yeah, yeah. Man, maybe I set myself to incognito on that shit. He's been on that fucking game. <laughs> <laughs> no, go um, it's a pretty fun game. Um, cool. As the news with it, actually, I'm not about to play it. <laughs> but apparently, there's supposed to be a The Butcher's Circus DLC coming in May, which is a PvP arena battle. Why aren't you going to play it? Because I ain't trying to fucking die all the time in that game. <laughs> He's already dying enough. We'll, we'll see. PvP we'll see. I never believe Arnold when he says this the first time. Someone's going to invade your darkest dungeon, Ryan, like in Dark Souls. Nah, that, dude. That's what I was going to say. I don't believe him because Arnold, part of Arnold gets off on that kind of shit. What the fuck? <laughs> he, he, says, he says it is not true. But Ask him, anyone, if you know Arnold and you meet him in person, just ask him, yo, man. Tell me about when you play Dark Souls. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, because I want to help people. 
but he gets off on the death. (laughs) 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 But so, um, but yeah, no, I, okay. All honest true jokes aside, I have been seeing Arnold play a lot of Darkest Dungeon. Darkest Dungeon is a pretty old game, but it is a very good game. For those of you who don't know, Darkest Dungeon is a turn-based JR, not JRPG, RPG. It's like um, a roguelike, right? It's a roguelike. Dungeon. Yeah, it's a yeah. roguelike um, dungeon type where you play um, with a set cast of characters, and um, depending on how you play and what moves you make, their insanity or their mental health deteriorates. Yeah, and, it's stressed. Yeah, they become stressed, and the the more or less it happens will also influence how your combat and the rest of the game goes, where some of them. Will and tell me if I'm wrong, Arnold. Like some of them won't do moves because they're too afraid. I don't know if some of them will turn on each other. They will. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They'll turn. I've on had each other. the. I've had my fucking cleric shank, not shank, but like hit my fucking tank. I thought you were finna say he had your cleric shit themselves. <laughs> and I was like, I was no. like, Fuck. they hit my tank with the move and made him stunned, so my tank couldn't move. Yeah. So it's a very interesting type of. Um, game that tries to do that more Isaac approach of exploring the darker themes of like more modern there's a lot yeah there's a lot of eldritch horror in that game so it's a big it's a there's some inspiration from like the Lovecraft where everyone gets their eldritch horror inspiration yeah, pretty from. much the, the the racist that could um <laughs> just a lot of secret but yeah it's a good game um I had a friend of mine, he played the fuck out of that game. So I know quite a lot about it. Um, but yeah, okay. I've actually picked that up because I, I was playing too much Neo. How could you play uh, too much? You say that last time when it came to like Sekiro. Explain that. What is too much of these games? I just play it. I, like that's, I'll play only that game for a couple days. That's too much. I guess. That's how I play games in general. I play one game for days and then I'm done. And then move on to the next game. Was it, were you playing the game, Arnold? And at some point during Neo 2, you heard a voice in your head. And it was like, hey, Arnold, you're pretty good at this game. But, you know, you could always get good. <laughs> and then Arnold was like, I, oh, Neo, I'm doing I, it. In my, in my opinion, I don't think Neo is one of those games that you have to get good. I definitely think it is. I just think it allows you to have more fun with it, so your brain doesn't process it as in getting good. Because like, I, because I don't get the like. Maybe, maybe the. I mean, there's always going to be people who are tryhards at any game, but Neo is not. I don't get that get good vibe well, when I play it. So I, I joke, but I will say this: any game has get good vibes in it. You can put it in any game you want to. I definitely will say that Neo, because it takes a lot of inspiration from the Soul series, it is in that vein. But what I think what you're explaining, Arnold, is that Neo, and this is going to sound really mean towards the the Soulsborne games, but Neo is just kind of for fun. Like you, you play Neo, and you're just like, oh, I'll take this little weapon, and I'll do this weird little stance, and then I'll do this stupid stuff. Like it feels more like. It feels more like Devil May Cry than a Souls game. And it allows for more unique play styles. Because when I'm talking to people about Neo, they um, all talk about the silly stuff. They don't talk about how many times they die. They don't talk about 
this hard boss, they're always like, what weapon do you... I know, at least for me, I'm always like, what weapon do you use? What stance do you use? Do you use the best weapon in the game? And then they'll say, what is that? And I'll say, well, it's the Kurisamagama. And they'll be like, the what? And they'll be like, is that the one with the, like, sword on the, the, the chain? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I really, 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 really like that game. And I just never beat it. Cool game, but cool. Um, so that's why you picked it up, just because you were playing too much of that. Yeah, and it's also my like bucket list of games I wanted to play. Mm. And it went on sale, so it's not a not a bad thing to do. Something goes on sale, pick up a game or two. Okay, cool. By the way, if I ever play D and D, I'm definitely making a character off of <laughs> off of my dun- darkest dungeons. Will Bounty you? Hunt. Will you though? Will you though, Arnold? You make me these promises every time, and I, I look you, forward. I can't to, run it. I I know I not run it, you fool. I'm talking about whenever. Look, man, if you start playing, if you wanna, I want to play D and D. Arnold Arnold has no idea, everybody, what joke I'm going about. <laughs> Before you defended Arnold, I was gonna make a joke about when we did Star Wars, and you played the um. The, the mercenary guy type dude, and you were supposed to be kind of like a badass. And when you guys were getting in prison, you didn't. Well, I didn't. I didn't really. That was like my first. I, I didn't know. really know how to it's talk. A, it's a then. joke. I am fucking with you, but it did disappoint me. I was like, but here's the funny part, everyone. So I'm ripping on Arno. I'm going to rip onto his brother and his brother's best friend about this too. His brother and his brother's best friend were supposed to be Jedi Padawans. They were the ones causing the chaos. And Arnold was sitting there like, I'm I'm not gonna do anything. I was like, You have a bazooka. And then these two Jedi a bazooka? I don't have a fucking bazooka. Exaggerations, <laughs> man. Let me exaggerate. Hyperbole. Hyperbole. Hyperbole, yeah, sorry. Um but um Um his brother, they were Padawans going around fucking with like Sith Lords. Like like young Padawans too, like closer to younglings than Padawans. And they we know just, how that ends. And they were just like, they're just like, man, they're like, fuck your couch. And I was like, he shoots lightning from his eyeballs. Why are you talking shit? Um, but uh. yes, um, I am hopefully going to try to run some D and D. Um, not. D&D proper. I will be running a tabletop. I'm done with D&D. Um, it's too boring. Um, and it costs a lot of money to play now. Um, but I, do. I will be doing more of a role-playing type thing, kind of similar to how one that Dustin ran for us one time, but is more in line with um, vampire and stuff like that type of tabletops where you're more you have to be your character and your stats don't make you who you are because that to me proves better players Um, james the numbers no fuck that shit (laughs) um you'll get like three dice i'm not i'm not i'm not letting people do numbers numbers starts art starts more D D fights than anything else because um, if you're a bad player or if you're um, a role player that is working on their craft, um, it comes out when you don't have your numbers to hide behind. Um, you know, stuff like that. For instance, like you could roll a 20 
and you could be doing a slice. And because you have like a really strong strength, you'll want your slice to be cool. And as a DM, I like to let my players describe their, their cuts. Most of my players are just like, I lifted the sword up high and I brought it down. And I'm like, well, you could have did that on a 12. Like, you know, so kind of like the story about the uh, the barbarian that tried to that rolled the, the super high number trying to to uh, intimidate the lich. Do you remember that story? Yes, <laughs> yes, something like that. Like, um, I'll tell that story at some other time. Okay, but yeah. So anyway, that was a long tangent about D anD D. But yes, um, I, I I will look forward if Arnold plays a. Uh, a maddening character. I would like to see how that works. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, okay. What else you got in your patch notes, Arnold? Uh, well, I, I think that's about it. I haven't played anything else, really. Okay. Except, um, um, well, like I said last time, I was playing Breath of the Wild again. Yes. Excellent game. Good, good game. Yes. Dustin, what about you? Um, still working on from home working on online classes so it's been kind of slowing me down a little bit i'm getting a little bit better paced on getting actually out there stuff done i've been watching a lot more fate zero slowly making my way through um after watching like none of it last week i watched like five or six episodes in a row the other day so oh god damn fate, fate zero. <laughs> oh yeah where are you um i think i'm about halfway through i think it's broken up into two seasons on on uh I'm probably more than halfway through. I think it's broken up in... It's probably 26 episodes. I think I'm like almost on like 10 or 12. Somewhere like that. Uh, yeah, so about halfway through. Okay. Um, let's see. Other things? Oh, uh, this is like a mixture of news and, and patch notes at the same time. Um, Epic 7 is in the process of doing a big like update to the degree that they wanted people to like pre-register for the update release Jeez. that we're already playing. And they're going to give you a bunch of free stuff if, if you pre-register for the update release. Huh. Um, yeah. So like, and it's a lot of free stuff. It's like something like ridiculous, like 70 free summons, which is a lot of like, wait, like potential earning power for a gotcha game to just give away to somebody. I know they don't actually have to spend anything. Man, I can't know. wait to see all those one stars. Yeah, I know. Right. I'm going to get a bunch of like, garbage garbage units but anyway um but yeah so they're doing a lot of stuff that way uh lots of updates they've been really apparently what happened a while back with that game is there was some stuff that was going on that people were really unhappy about so they kept like review bombing it on google play and the app store mm-hmm. and like pushed their like rating to like a one wow. and so they really got their stuff in gear it's back up to like a four again because they've been doing a lot of updates wow. yeah so apparently so Sometimes review bombing can be used for good and not just terrible. I think review bombing can be turned into something good for people. I don't yes. think review bombing can ever be used for good because it's usually just angry people. Um, yeah. like I don't try, like they review bomb Borderlands too. They Borderlands review bomb three. almost all Was Nintendo it? games almost too. They like they review bomb Animal Crossing because it had bad multiplayer, and I'm like, well, yeah, it sucks. But one, it's Nintendo. Two, that's not how you play Animal Crossing. Like, yeah. um, it feels like there's people that were really unhappy about the Doom Eternal memes. Like, people are unhappy about the Doom Eternal memes. Well, I mean, there's got to be some misanthrope out there who's like, you know, hates everything. Mm, that's true. 
And they're just like, I don't like Isabel being next to my Doom. <laughs> yeah, I don't like this Nintendo stuff in my edgy game. Nah, dude, that's some of the craziest fan art I've ever seen. That's yeah, funny. that's actually some really amazing fan art. I'm really happy. That it's, it's the cool. only meme in the last six years I actually enjoy. Like, I normally someone, hate uh, Also, the Sasuke someone... getting choked one is actually kind of funny. Yeah, that much. But it got, over, it got <laughs> overused way too fast. Yeah, yeah way too fast. <laughs> um, speaking of, somebody made a, a um, Isabel companion for, like, Retro Doom. Oh, that's cool. Who like goes around and like throws uh throws health packs to you and hits things with a squeaky hammer? <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But okay, okay. Um, what else in your patch notes there, Justin? Or is that it? Um, that's that's about it. Like I said, I'm thinking about picking up cross tag on my my switch, and I'll I'll probably if I do that, I'll I'll update my. Uh, I have a, for those of y'all that have probably figured this out from all the fighting game talk, I've got an arcade stick and it works on every console, so I just got to patch it to work on my Switch. It's a pretty nice arcade stick. I've seen it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but okay, I'll get to my patch notes. Um, I have been playing um, Japanese Star Wars, also known as Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the meme oh, yes. that keeps on going in this house. I cannot <laughs> stop. Me- I can't. I really can't. I try not to. I try to just play the game, but I played this game back when I was in undergrad in college. I love Final Fantasy as a series. I no longer respect Square Enix, but I will duly note that they were a big part of my childhood. Um, so you're I, trying to separate the art from the person? Yes. Um, well, no. I don't do that, actually. I don't separate the art from the people most of the time. I, however... Acknowledge where that person was at the time that they were making the art that they were doing. Ah, yes. Square so, Enix, when it was not terrible. Right. And so Final Fantasy XII was one of the last video games they made before they became a shit company. And um, Final Fantasy XII, to me, is one of my top three Final Fantasies. So there were Final Fantasy IX. And um, my favorite Final Fantasy, and also Nobu Uematsu's favorite Final Fantasy. Just, I did not know that. Just putting that out there. Um, it is his unofficial favorite. Um, well, not it's, it's, so a, like, it's is a, that like the same way somebody has like their favorite kid. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, I, you're not supposed to, but right? <laughs> but he has talked about how it has his favorite soundtrack. It has his favorite stuff. Like it feels like it's it's his favorite one. Um, mm-hmm. But Final Fantasy XII is close. Is is in second, I think, for me. And. And when I first played it, I really enjoyed it, but it was kind of like a weird time for me. I was really anxious in school um, and depressed and stuff like that. So I didn't take in all the game. I also played the game with like a semi-guide because it was really difficult to play. Like it was so weird. It yeah, was really the, the licensing system. Was that the one with the licensing yes, system? Yes, it's the one with the licensing system. Um, and it still has it, but there's a lot of like quality of life changes to it that you get later on in the game. And you can also give your characters two classes. But I remember playing it and thinking, this game is a little bit different. This has a different quality to it. Um, it's a much more mature game. And at the time, I was interested enough, but I wasn't into the intrigue and stuff as much as I am now. And um, it's so good. It's it, but, And it's so Star Wars. Like It has its own story, but it's also crazy star wars like ash is like a runaway rogue princess leia balthier has a sky ship that's famous and really fast and has craftiness to it he uses if guns. you go through the the what is it the 
Did he do the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs? He doesn't have that, but he's a, he's a famously <laughs> known thief that actually has aliens hunting him down. Um, yep. They don't um. like him. He has a, a very tall um, animal-esque um, companion, Fran, who is um, basically Chewbacca, um, except hot. And um, and I believe she has an Irish voice actress. I'm not sure in the English one. Um, Bosk is a fallen knight from a long forgotten order that is out to help the princess and guide the young recruit, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, you have Vaughn, who is basically Luke Skywalker because he is um, he, he's a thief. So he's like Aladdin. In Luke, but he's like he's a thief who wants to one day fly his own airship and explore the skies. And then you have Penella, who is basically R two D two and C three PO combined, because she has no real place. <laughs> um, but Penella is sweet. I like Penella. She um she's a good character. And Vaughn and Penella are technically your point of view characters. And they're teenagers, so they can be kind of annoying. But the main characters are like Ash, Balthier, and Bosk. And there's a lot of military intrigue and um, political intrigue. And it's just really good. And I prefer it in English. I have the option now to listen to them in Japanese. But I prefer it in English. Even though some of the lines are stunted, the fact that they all have these very connected accents and everyone's like a theater, like theater buff actor... They give these over-the-top, like, dramatic voices. It's like watching a good Game of Thrones. Um, and it's really good. The judges are basically a bunch of Darth Vaders that go They're, around. They even look kind of like they Darth do. Vader was like medieval Darth Vader. Yes. You're always on an airship. There's one point where you have to free Ash out of a prison cell and escape the ship. <laughs> <laughs> do you fight guys in white armor you that? fight guys in light armor to get out and then you have a face-to-face confrontation with one of the darth vaders <laughs> in star wars um it's it's really good final fantasy 12 is really good arnold i think i almost i can i'm close to converting your brother to playing it which would be amazing because arnold's brother loves star wars like a lot and so um it's a good game though i like all the quality of life changes um i know the zodiac age has been out for years but um i thoroughly enjoy it i really 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 like it um haven't had as much time as i want to just sit down and play it i've either been too anxious or too worried or too busy but i um i try to play it here and there i jump on then i jump off um bloodstained good game you finally beat it yeah. Fucking hate it. Uh, Fucking hated what? beating that game. Fucking hated beating that game. Really, really, really solid, excellent game. I never want to play it again because of the ending. Like don't Ooh. the ending the ending's Ooh. fine. Don't get me wrong. The ending's fine. The boss battle is fine. Well, it's not. It's really hard and you have to grind. I don't want to have to grind in a game to beat it. I think that's my point. Is that because mm-hmm. Arnold, the reason Arnold made that comment saying, like, did you beat it? And there's a good reason for that is that I just stopped once I got to the last boss. And it wasn't because I didn't think I could beat them. But in order to beat that boss, you either have to fine tune your movements to, like, precision movements. Or you have to go back and grind for a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And 
that for a game that I had to already grind to get to the ending of, because you have to do that. Um, it's a successor to you know Symphony of the Night, so it has a a, a, a backwards going back forth and exploring new areas thing, and that was all good. That was all good. But the ending took so long, I got exhausted by the end. I was ready to be done with that game like four bosses ago. Um, mm-hmm. But that's just my personal take. I recommend if you like Castlevania games to play it. It's excellent. Excellent game. Highly recommend that game. Um, even though it doesn't sound like I did. <laughs> um, I am all caught up in Vinland Saga, the manga and anime that I recommend people to watch about um, Norse warriors. Um, it's really good I'm kind of sad I'm caught up in the manga but that gave me time to try to finish Fairy Tale, which is not turning out as great I'm ready no. for that to end it is It is definitely it's in, like, it is in, it's ending in the same way, It's a, like I said it's a mix of Bleach and Naruto's ending, where it's like you don't need this crap and all these fights, and then the fights end instantaneously like there are some fights that have they they have ended and you never got to see the ending and they all end the same way which it is fairy tale they technically all end the same way anyway but it get it gets it gets getting to the point where it's really stupid also I've always known this about the mangaka but this is really showing it this dude is perverse and he's just getting more perverse near the end of this manga um, spoilers there's a part where like. Natsu needs to be warmed up and Lucy has to do it and she has to get naked to do it. And I'm like, yeah, that happens in real life. Like, you do that to warm each other up. But I was like, let's be real. You just wanted to have Lucy naked next to unconscious Natsu. Um, I'm going to finish it, though, because even though it's kind of dumb and it's a little bit ridiculous, I have enjoyed fairy tale over the years and i do want to finish up the story because um when the rpg drops i want to be ready for that but yeah so okay those are my patch notes let's move into our key item key item for today like i said will be the low tier villains tournament now the rules for the low tier are pretty much the same as any of the tiers that we've done prior to this um we've done well we've done two mid tiers yeah yes two mid tiers we did a mid tier and then we did the this is low tier. Wait, now it's mid tier. Right, 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 right. So, um, so we did, um, so we've done two mid tiers, and this is our first low tier. So, if you're looking at it, we're going to do another, not another low tier. We're going to do, or actually, I'll ask you guys. I'll ask you right now, fresh onto the podcast. Do you guys think we should do two low tiers back to back? And by back to back, I mean separated. Or should we give the audience what they've been wanting 
forever and do at least one high tier. One sec. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I would like to do the high tier, in my opinion. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think but, we do it. Uh, it's up to everyone else if they don't want to. I I they... definitely want to. So unless Dustin has a very strong objection to it when he gets back, um, we'll go ahead and do a high tier. Everybody, I know everybody's gonna want a high tier. Um, the high tier is gonna be ugly. There's gonna be a lot of good villains that's gonna die, um, because yeah, raisins. Um, so all right, I'm actually going to explain some stuff before Dustin gets back. Um, about the rules for the tournament. So, the low tier tournament goes as such. You will ha- we have our we have our low tier villains. So, oh, cool. Um, Dustin, before I get into the rules, I was going to say, um, me and Arnold think we should, but do you think we should go ahead for our next tournament to our high tier bracket? Hmm. Hmm. It's a tough question there. Yeah. So you're saying you've got, so we've got low tier, and then are you saying before we do any more, or are you saying hold off on the high tier? Mm. So what we're saying is that we'll do a low tier now, this is with this episode, and then the next one, we're going to do a high tier. Hmm. Now, I can see that. Because I, I feel like everyone listening is just itching. Like, everyone has tier. been doing... Everyone who talks to me about it, they're just like, Hey, so when are you going to put Dio in there? When's Griffith <laughs> going to get in there? When's, mm-hmm. um, like... Trying to think of another mm-hmm. high-tier villain. When's Light going to go in there? And stuff like that. Like, yeah. clearly high-tier villain. All those people. Well, at least it's going to be ugly, fam. Like, it's going to be nasty. I cannot wait. I have no idea who's going to make it. So... Um, we'll do that then. So two episodes from this episode, we're starting our high tier B there. Yeah. It's going to be great. Our B square. Our B square. Um, so I was going to say, um, for our low tier rules, the low tier villains are basically what you would call like your starter villains are villains that have had a long enough and lasting impression, but ability and evil wise were never like the top of the top. You know, they were just kind of there. Um, the hench people. The hench people, essentially. Not the throwaways. Mm, well, not throwaways. And are they weren't hench people. They were like a season one or a couple of episodes worth of a villain. You know, so we have people in here who aren't henchmen. But later down in the series, they could equate to being henchmen. Or they would be like... Not the, the the heroes have gotten so much stronger than them beyond that point. But they were definitely walls in the way to their development. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all that's required to be in the low tier. Um, so, without further ado, you guys ready to get this discussion on? Yeah, let's do yeah. it. Yeah. All right. So I put it in a randomizer and... I really didn't want this this matchup to be the very first one we have. But it's Buggy the Clown from One Piece versus Nappa the Saiyan from Dragon Ball Z. 
Um, so you know what's funny about this is these two actually kind of showed up in around the same time. In yes, the series in a weird way. They both showed up in the um the in and what Dustin's relating to is that they both show up around like the second part of the early portions of the anime and manga. So you have like these low level villains that the heroes face, and they're all connected to these quote unquote high levels, which are Nappa and Buggy. Um in the second half and there's they're 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 the formative moments for the heroes in both um on this low level area so i didn't want this to happen because i think there are there are two of our strongest um low level contenders in the bracket which means one of them has to go who wants to start it off you can pick either one we've both we've all three know these series pretty well what if I said I don't remember Napa? No, I'm joking. I would. I would <laughs> then we had to disown you on. I had to kick you out the rest of this conversation. <laughs> um, so I'll I'll describe it briefly, and then I'll let one of you guys kind of go into it. And you don't have to argue for either one necessarily if you start off. Just you know, you can get off the details. But I'll right. say that Napa is the um. God, how tall is Napa? Like freaking like he's huge. Like seven foot tall, four hundred and eighty pounds of muscle saying. Um He's a big dude. He's a big dude and he likes to kill people. Um For fun. and then and then That's like almost every Dragon Ball Z bad guy. And then it is kinda of true. And then there's Buggy, the clown from One Piece, who has the chop chop fruit. And he has the ability to disassemble his body um, into different telekinetically moving parts, so long as his feet are on the ground. <laughs> yes. Um, so, who wants to start? Actually, Arnold, you start. Pick one. <laughs> talk about him. Why are they cool? Uh, I'm going to pick, um, I guess I'll talk about Buggy. He first started out as... Um, he was, um, fuck, what's the Goldie Rogers ship called? Um, the Goldie Rogers ship? I don't remember. Oh, he was part of his crew, on, basically. Yeah, he's, he's part, part of, of the crew. crew. I, 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 I was going to name, like, he was part of that, like, the, the ship, but whatever. Um, and he, um, he got a devil fruit mm-hmm. that he could either have... He didn't know the effects of it, and he was trying to save it because he knew that devil users could not swim. Mm-hmm. But he, there was a treasure underwater that he had to get first. Yep. Unfortunately, Ace surprised them and made him eat that shit. Uh, not Ace. It was, it was Shanks. Oh, Shanks. It was Shanks. Ace, Shanks. Ace was not born, I don't think. <laughs> Shanks surprised him. Yeah, because he's trying to like hide it or something, right? And he like, puts it in his yeah, mouth, he, I think. Yeah. Which, Which you uh, think about it, it's kind of weirdly like this is some One Piece physics that you can hide a fruit in your mouth, a whole fruit in your mouth. Uh-huh. <laughs> they got pretty hey, big jaws on One Piece. <laughs> I guess everyone has the gum gum fruit. <laughs> um, but yes, so that's Buggy. Um, well, yeah, his OMO is like to get like re- kind of revenge. I don't, I don't remember exactly. Like he was trying to get revenge back at Shanks, was it? It was yeah. kind of that he he also wanted to just kind of rule an area. Um, he's always had like a a 
frenemy relationship with Shanks. And mm. because they work together, it's really I do like the dynamic. Because Shanks is like, spoiler alert, Shanks is, oh yeah, this is going to be pretty spoiler heavy. And all of our villain things are spoiler heavy, so what do you expect? But um, Shanks... What? You mean spoilers, James. What? You coming. <laughs> um... Shanks, um, the guy with the red hair, Luffy's mentor, and the guy that loses his arm in the first episode, Shanks is what's known as a um, Yonko, which is basically one of the four super pirates of One Piece. Um, To give you the understanding of what a Yonko is, for those of you early into One Piece, Luffy... um, currently well not even currently forget that part so let's start off from what people most people know about luffy luffy is just a pirate on a ship who's pretty strong luffy is strong enough if you just think of your general ideal of luffy without going into what's happening currently luffy is strong enough to go up against a good number of the marine soldiers and stuff like that he is not on an admiral level but he is strong enough to give admirals a headache admirals we should probably say this is like before. Right, that, that's what right? I'm saying. No, that's what I'm telling people that we're going based off of like Luffy um, pre time skip. So then you have admirals who are outrageously strong. Like they are strong enough to command all of the military and navy forces and to scare super strong pirates such as. The more I think about it, the pirates that they quote unquote have under their control aren't really under their control. And like, um, no, not. there's a lot of there's a lot of bluster in One Piece where people are like, "Oh yeah, this guy's real dangerous," and it's like, "Is he though?" Yeah. So, um, well, let's put it this way: the admirals are going to be like your tier, um, honestly, like your tier ones. Like they're super high up there. Yonko are either equal to that or above it. And that is one Yonko. So a person on a Yonko's crew, like their secondhand person, is strong enough to eliminate most strong people. Yes. <laughs> that's that's how high up Yonko are. Um, Shanks is so strong, he does not have to move a muscle to make everyone shut the hell up when he yeah. moves up. At one point when he shows up, on a boat he, he just like knocks everybody out who's not like top tier yeah and you gotta be at least a tier better to not even like yeah even stand up to it yeah yeah like you literally have to be like above mid-tier to even physically stand up around him and then if you are anywhere above that you are still sweating because it's shanks um this is after he's lost an arm <laughs> this is after he loses a ligament like this is after he's been depowered um, basically. And so, um, Buggy is the equivalent of, like, cannon fodder almost. But he is, he will, he will straight up, like, spit in Shank's face. <laughs> yeah. He thinks he's the stuff. No, it's not even that he, uh, it's, I think it's one of those things where you've had such a good relationship with the person. Yeah. It doesn't matter how far uh-huh. they've gone up. It's yeah. like, you're just like, bruh. We both mopped up poop together. Don't even try me. <laughs> like, don't even. Like, you think because now you and your Escalade ship 
that like <laughs> you're somehow different shanks um but they anyway, grew up on the streets together they grew up on this the, they grew up on the waves <laughs> but yeah so that is buggy coming to napa napa um, dustin would you want to go into napa a little bit <laughs> so Ooh. napa is hmm? can i say one thing yeah Napa flips off a city and it explodes. <laughs> he does. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, there's a name for that move, and I only remember it from one of the video games. But I still don't remember it that well, so I guess it's not. It's, I just remember it as the thing where he like flips off a city and it blows up. Anyway, mm. but go ahead. Um, so Napa is an elite Saiyan. He's um like a command. Was like basically like a commander slash bodyguard slash trainer for Vegeta when Vegeta was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um. He's apparently, like, older. Like, Saiyans are weird, and they don't really, like, age in a normal sense. They just, like, kill over one day when they get old. Um, Goddamn. They age, from what I can tell, they're always, like, 10 to 15 years younger looking than they are. Because you actually, for those of y'all not super familiar with Dragon Ball, or those of y'all who haven't really put much thought into it, by, like, the end of Dragon Ball Z, Goku and Vegeta are probably, like, 50, 60, something like that. Um, just by the virtue of like how long that series goes on. Yeah. God fuck, I didn't even realize. Yeah, that. Vegeta yeah. is fifty or sixty in the current. Yeah. Um, you think about Gohan is like in his twenties or thirties now, and they had him when they were at least like in when Goku was like at least probably like twenty. So yeah, Gohan was born when Goku was in his like early twenties. So, given that Go Gohan ends up like in well Gohan's about he's about 18 16 or 18 near the end of Z so Goku is at least 30 to 40 yeah so Vegeta and Vegeta is about seven years older than Goku yeah he's he's like actually Krillin I think and Vegeta are close to the same age which is weird but anyway yeah Krillin Um, and Vegeta are close to the same age um, but anyway so Nappa is an old like uh he's he's been an adult since Vegeta was a kid, so you know he's kind of like an older Saiyan, because yeah. um, he's shown in flashbacks. He's he's elite, quote unquote, and he likes to rub this in people's face. Quite elite a, Saiyan warrior, an elite Saiyan warrior, um, which is funny because they're really kind of trash compared to everybody else in Freeze's army at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, really, like they, they they threw that elite thing around. Yeah, like they're all scared of like Freeze's like basically like mid level henchmen. But anyway, mm-hmm. but yeah, Nappa shows up. He's actually a very intimidating villain when he's first introduced because yes. Raditz was stronger than everybody else in the series so far yes. and Nappa is like what like three or four times stronger than, than Raditz probably mm-hmm. and, Nappa uh, is intimidating because he beats up most of the Z fighters with beans yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, he, he yeah he fights all of them with very little effort um, although that oh no, actually... I meant literally. He plants. The oh yeah, yeah, he plants the Cyberman. <laughs> although actually, they only really kill Yamcha. Yeah, they special. only kill Yamcha, but like they, they still, I think they give them some crap. <laughs> and yeah, that they, they're not even going to fight him originally. He um, he's really proud. He's really arrogant. Um, it's actually his undoing, right? Because he fights all the the Z fighters. Um, almost effortlessly, he almost dies a few times through like really really careful strategy. On their part, yes. So Krillin almost kills him, yeah, because it's a destructive disc. The, yeah, the destructive disc at him, and, and the he warns him, "Hey, yeah, that's not a good idea to like catch that thing because it will just like take your." 
yeah he he's like telling him not to fall for the parlor tricks and like their abilities and so this is actually something that's um kind of what the magnitude of Na- napa as a villain because up until this point other unless you like you know you read dragon ball you know king piccolo was the worst person um mm-hmm. to for the z fighters to ever face it's a very difficult he, his his kids who are like his minions uh, kill one of the main characters and rough up everybody every other main character yeah and, and then, then goku like really has to work to to finally win he takes a lot of effort to kill king piccolo and so they all train after that to get even you know stronger and piccolo is also on their side now so piccolo trains gohan krillin trains teen trains they all do this training like they train for a very long time before yeah, the like, saiyans like, come like a, a year almost i yeah. think they're like super intense training and so they all face them face nappa without goku and he commits and nappa has done no training at this point yeah. he's just nappa he's just experience like he just gets his training from just like yeah, just like existing as a military officer. And he commences in beating the crap out of them. Like, he punches. He <laughs> punches people. He doesn't cut. He doesn't Kamehameha wave at all. He punches Tien's arm off. Of yeah, Tien his... tries to block a punch, and it just takes Nappa takes his arm off. Nappa punches the arm off of somebody. Um, and he also... Nappa's responsible for killing Piccolo. Yeah. Because Piccolo jumps into the way of a blast that was aiming at Gohan. Gohan. Because Gohan had finally ticked off Nappa enough to care. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Tien kills himself trying to kill Nappa with his ultimate move. Chaosu kills um, himself Chaosu trying to kill thing. himself. And, does, and all he manages to do is mess up Nappa's armor. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm starting to remember how terrifying Nappa was. Yeah, Nappa is terrifying. And like, then on the other side of that is, of course, then when, when Goku shows up, he gets completely manhandles Nappa. Yeah, he, he does effortlessly. And that's also where the biggest meme from that series comes from. It's over 9,000. Yeah, Gohan, Goku's powering up and Nappa asks Vegeta because his scout has been broken what Goku's power level is. Mm-hmm. And they're absolutely convinced that it must be must not be reading right because he's like twice as strong as Nappa, just mm-hmm. like casually. Yeah, um, like yeah, like he does like a little tiny power up, and like before the scouter, like the scouter stopped reading it at around like nine thousand. Um, yeah. And Vegeta gets so angry, he just rips it off and crushes. <laughs> um, Which is funny because then it kind of because of that Nappa just gets completely owned <laughs> because they have no idea. What- yeah, Nappa, like, and Nappa is so strong, Krillin and um, Piccolo use the original Kage Bushin um, yeah. and they um, they make doubles of themselves, and they all fight him. So Nappa mm-hmm. fights six people at once, given their power is lessened Split, by yeah. every person that they make, but it's still the equivalent of, like, handling multiple things. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, Nappa's terrifying. Yep, um, he is. He's he's like the one of the early like scary villains in that. Yes. So, it only... also sets a tone for that series too, in many ways of of people waiting for Goku to get yes, there they, <laughs> because they... they're so yeah and so over their head. Yes, they the theme in the show is basically fight and try not to die until Goku gets there. Yeah, or um, go on it sometime. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but okay. So after talking about those two, who wants to cast their vote for most low-level villain? Now, is this most low-level or best low-level? Oh, this is best low-level. Out of the low-levels, the best one. I gotta, I gotta vote for Nappa. I gotta vote for Nappa. Because Nappa is just... I, I like Buggy, and Buggy is fun, good comic relief, but Nappa is the first, like, one of the first villains in the series to really, like, Terrifying. intimidate. Like, yeah, and you're like, how is he so strong, and what are they going to do about it? Mm-hmm. And there's also so many, that fight is very well paced, and there's so many near misses on them, almost managing to beat him. Mm-hmm. He's He's a very good, like, way to pull you into the series. Mm-hmm. And he's a strong enough character that people remember Nappa. Even with all these mm-hmm. stronger characters. like He also got memified by oh, the yeah. Abridged series. The series, yeah. What about you, Arnold? Including Ghost Nap. Uh I'm going to have to say Nappa, too. But, but Buggy is just kind of funny. That's about it. <laughs> okay, Buggy. Which is great, because he looks like a fucking clown. <laughs> <laughs> I love Buggy, too. Um, Buggy is a really good character. Um he gets better the yeah. later in the series goes down because he keeps hanging in there. <laughs> but his evil is very like Dustin says; it's very comical. Yeah. Um, he's like if the Joker was not taken seriously. Yeah, he is literally <laughs> if the Joker was not taken seriously because Luffy regards him as basically like a buddy almost. <laughs> he's like, hey, it's it's that guy again. I don't think he can even. Yeah, no one ever remembers his name half the time. And he's like, don't you remember me? I was the first villain you fought. And he was like, huh? Like, I kind of to kill you. <laughs> exactly. But okay. Um, so, Napa wins. Our next one is going to be Rando of Yu Yu Hakusho versus Bandit Keith. Of Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, these are really like... Bandit Keith. These are really... From America. From America. That's also from another British series. So, um, Rando or Shorin, for for those of you who may not know, is a um, C-class demon in Yu Yu Hakusho. Introduced Um, in an early arc. Introduced in a very early arc. um, The Disciple-like selection trials or whatever in the first season of Yuhaku Show. Genkai's looking for a disciple. He's mm-hmm. one of the contestants. He's, one of the He's contestants. the one who's like pretending to be someone else. Yes, right? yes. Yeah. So Shorin... Yes. He's taking uh, out to investigate, okay, was, right? And then I'll he's got to figure out who's the... Uh, sorry. Um, yeah, they send Yusuke to investigate. He's got to figure out who is the secretly demon who's trying to get Genkai's techniques because that'll make him really dangerous. Yeah. And Supposedly. Sh- and the reason I gave him two different names is Shorin is the monk looking kid that he like basically cosplays as yeah and um, he's a super nice guy like everybody else there is a jerk and then he's like oh no it's fine i'll be polite mm-hmm. and you're like okay he's definitely the villain <laughs> yeah he's like super super nice and he's very very like charismatic and friendly and like if you're a young person watching your show you don't get that because he looks nothing like his, his soon-to-be demon form and he looks human and since Yusuke exists, it's not that weird to see a human with, like, strong abilities. Yeah, everybody um, in that turn, for the most part, is a human, right? Uh, for the most part, yeah. Yeah. And so, 
he, when he transforms into Rondo, he looks completely different. He has this like really pale pastel skin with blue yeah. tattoos and red yep. hair. Um, and he's the first real big villain for Yusuke mm-hmm. to fight. Yeah, because um, before that, he'd been like getting his body back, right? And that yes. was like his first like real assignment. Yes. Um, I will say that I really like Rando um, yeah. because. Even if I look back on it, and I've been rewatching Yu Hakusho with my girlfriend, she's actually been enjoying it, and um, we have been looking at it, and like Rando has some interesting abilities. Yeah, doesn't he shrink Kuhara yes. or something? He has the shrinking ability. He has his like tornado sickle move where he sends out like the cutting blades. Um, he has like the fire fireballs that he throws, like all your mm-hmm. standard stuff. But then he, he starts steals to... spirit gun, right? Yes, he looks at Yusuke. That's the part I was gonna say. He looks at Yusuke, use the spirit spirit gun, and he's like, I'll, "I'll take that." And it's like, what? Um, like, and he like he just wants the the ability to be strong and cause pain to people, yeah. like. That's his thing. He has no big conquest goal or no, anything like that. He just likes to get techniques and go use them on people. Yeah, he just likes to torture people. Um, so I gotta say, I really like Rando. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I like his sadistic nature um, and stuff He's like also that. a dangerous villain because Yusuke kind of wins by dumb luck rather than, like, yes. overcoming... And overcome and, and most of the time Yusuke overcomes by some dumb fluke. Yeah. Um yeah. but He's like kinda like Naruto in that re- mm-hmm. Hey man, some people might say that luck is a skill. <laughs> hey, it, it helps because it does. Rando was like for all intents and purposes, Rando outclassed Yusuke. Like Yes, completely. Complete because there's a part where he's like Yusuke's punching him and he does nothing to him. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, like Rando is a pretty like um pretty good villain but okay um moving to bandit key Dustin, you want to talk about bandit key so i i'll admit i actually barely remember bandit keith um but i'll tell you what i what i do remember he's a professional card player like most characters in Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, he is from america we keep making that joke but he is actually an american player. got his bandana um, on everything he's got his um American flag bandana, leather jacket with no sleeves, his sunglasses, so you can tell he's American. Um, but anyway, he's introduced as someone who is in one of the tournament arcs, I think. His whole reason for being there is he wants to go after Maximilian Pegasus, right? Whatever his, his Japanese name is. Um, because he was humiliated by him during a tournament um, in which... He's like the best player supposedly in the circuit, and what was it? Pegasus was like the creator of the game, right? Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And so Keith is like playing him in the finale, and like Pegasus like gets up and like writes out some instructions for some kid in the audience, and that kid beats Bandit Keith, and he gets so mad about it that he goes on like makes an elaborate plan to like enter the tournament just to kill Pegasus, basically. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> in the dub, apparently, I didn't know what in the heck was going on because the dub edited. The- he apparently in the original version he like pulls a gun on yes. pegasus yes <laughs> and it's like okay well i guess this makes more sense than a lot of things in this series i guess they like, cut that out with the american version yeah that was not appropriate for kids to him pointing, uh, pointing his glock at, at maximine pegasus here. <laughs> um but yeah and he gets i think kicked off the island um, i think he gets like dropped off a cliff or something so he 
Yeah. Yeah. So basically everything that Dustin said is true. Um, Bandicoot is also... I think he also... plays some people. Like, then he actually played pretty well. He plays like a machine deck or something yeah like he that. plays pretty well he has a very brute kind of machine deck and he actually recruits other weaker kids underneath his like his arms to like manipulate battles and stuff like not that. using a gun he saves the gun for pegasus yeah um he's he's he'll shoot people but he's not gonna shoot kids um but like he's gonna just shoot pegasus because pegasus is a jerk he is a great one asshole in yeah, the hockey show and he is a great like foil for the characters in Yu Yu Hakusho. Not sorry, Yu Gi Oh. Um, for kind of like the intensive purposes of showing like like there's some real mean card players in Yu Gi Oh. In, in this children's card game. In this children's card game, there's some real ruthless people. Bandit Keith is pretty much an ass. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that being described. I'm going to put my stuff on Rando. Yeah, I'm going to leave it Rando. Yeah. Rando is kinda, like... Kind of low tier, even if he has a gun. Even if he, Rando enjoys hurting people. <laughs> yeah, Bandicoot, he does. He, he, I think he breaks some of Kuwabara's like, limbs or something, right? Yeah. Bandicoot, Just for fun, basically. Bandicoot is basically an incel Republican asshole. <laughs> oh, there. He can't, so, he can't like, relax, son. Like, <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Is the thing he's just an angry man who got. I'm have to say what my president said. I take no responsibility. <laughs> okay. uh, I'm going to say Bandit Keith is out. Rando yeah. is in. All right. All right, this is fun. Um, <laughs> I like. I like these. Are gonna, these are going <laughs> to be. Fast. These are going to be fast. I think honestly, until we get to the last one. Because it is Ginyu Force versus Queen Barrel. Ginyu Force from Dragon Ball Z and Queen Barrel from Sailor Moon. That's our second. That's our next one, or that's is that our last one. one? This is our next I'm one. I need y'all to explain. I'll these. do Queen Barrel because Dustin I know knows uh, enough about Ginyu Force to do it himself, and yeah. um, he'll be enthusiastic about that one. I will say for Queen Barrel, Queen Barrel is the woman in the first season who everyone sees in um sailor moon that is sending out her very very attractive like male and female assistants <laughs> to go out and like manipulate the girls into getting power for the negaverse uh, and, but weren't they both male in in the in the well so she has she has the two the two males but then okay. she the males hire like typically female oh, okay. to go and manipulate the girls it's been a while so uh, yeah. I'm, I'm rewatching it slightly, so I know a little bit. It's more fresh okay. in my head, but so she has her her minions, and her minions technically could have been in this art this um, tournament themselves, <laughs> um, because they too are very good, like low tier. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm going to add them in, but essentially, Queen Beryl is she has a very classic Queen Rita type thing where she sends out her minions to go do her bidding in order to restore some energy and power for herself. Queen Beryl is actually very powerful in and of her own right and actually gives Sailor Moon a lot of issues in fighting. Um, what she's else? like an arc villain finale, right? Yeah. Finale villain. Yeah, like she's an arc villain finale person. And I will say this about Queen Beryl. While she is um, 
low tier villain and the Ginyu Force is really fun um, and they may or may not win this one. I, I will have to give her a fair argument in this and something that the Ginyu Force does not do. Queen Beryl is very Frieza-like. She is a mm-hmm. very big manipulator to a high degree because she preys upon what our actual, and I'm not speaking for them because I am not one, but I know a lot, but they she preys on a lot of female insecurities to get mm-hmm. her powers and that's actually a theme in sailor moon is yeah, a lot of the monsters right are kind of based around somebody's particular like insecurity insecurity or something that's bothering them or something that girls may go through in their lives and it's one reason why sailor moon is such a good anime in general both for girls and guys um and it has a lot of these features, so one thing that Queen Beryl does a lot of, she preys on them wanting to have meaningful relationships. She preys on their want to be fit, their want to be considered intelligent, to be considered strong or independent, um, to have friends, to be part of a group. Um, and she preys on that in so many different ways and sends out different types of minions that try to manipulate people. Um, for some girls that may value like material goods, like jewelry and stuff like that, or makeup, she does things that trap them in. And she will mm-hmm. basically manipulate the human female um, society to get what she wants out of her her. Um, um, out of her minions and stuff like that and she does it in such a kind of deep way that it really preys on even the sailor scouts that makes them feel unstable because of it and um so yeah queen barrel to me actually puts on now that i'm talking about her and thinking about her in the sense she is a very good she's almost naraku in that sense of villains where she is <laughs> she's not just malicious and evil but she's also preying upon the insecurities of the heroes themselves and using that to her, the best of her ability. Um, but yeah, that's Queen Barrel. Dustin. So, the Ginyu Force. I think at this point we need James to insert the, uh, the God Ginyu Force. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. What's the time stamp? I'll do that first. So it doesn't mess up. <laughs> I was going to say, I could put it on my phone in the background. I feel like that wouldn't be as effective. So the Guinea Force are basically a Super Sentai team. So in the theme of like Power Rangers, they do the posing and everything. Um, they're Frieza's henchmen in the in the Frieza saga, obviously. Um, they show up um, as the reinforcements when Vegeta keeps killing Frieza's henchmen. Um, they're called in as like the Super Elite henchmen. There are five, five. of them. There's five. Yeah. Um, and they all have sort of a color theme in some ways, kind of like a Super Sentai team. Um, they all pose dramatically. They're actually introduced in a really funny way because they're they're really hyped up as a super dangerous uh, team of guys. But and then they show up. 
they come out dancing. They come out with these poses. Um, they're talking about like snacks and things like that, and like they're like uh, like their hobbies, basically. Yes, yes. They like talk about what they're interested in. Yeah, and, and then like they basically like don't take the main characters seriously at all. They seem like a bunch of goofballs. And then they do like rock paper scissors over who gets to fight. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that like they are not taking Vegeta and Krillin and Gohan seriously at all because they do not like they are completely outclassed to, like, even the weak one to give you yeah to give you as an idea everybody is that um is it Bert what's the what's the Gudo Goldo 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 is the weakest one. He's the frog-looking dude with, like, yeah, four he's eyes. He's out of shape. In out fact, shape. he doesn't want to fight. Yeah, he is out of shape and everything. And, um, he is considered the weakest one, and he almost shish-kebabs Krillin and yeah. Gohan. Like, yeah, he actually is physically weak, but has, like, time-stop powers time, and, breath. like, psychic powers. Yeah, yeah he's Which a- is funny because he's, it would be much better if he wasn't out of shape, but he can't hold his breath very yes. long anymore. He, he has some um, unique tricks. Um, they are extremely strong. I was going to say, Raccoon is like terrifying. Raccoon, yes. He's he's like the he's return the Nappa. of Nappa. Yes, that's exactly because what he's I was a big <laughs> dopey guy. But they cannot touch him. Like despite their best efforts, they just like everything just kind of bounces off. For the millennials out there, the younger ones, he is a Chad. Yeah, he is a Chad. He is a straight up Chad. He is a giant, like he would love a keg of beer type dude that like he and he also speaks about himself in wrestling terms. Yes. So he speaks as if he's a wrestling announcer. And he's like, <laughs> My name's Raccoon, and all too soon you'll be feeling your doom. And like <laughs> he commences in beating the ever loving shit out of everybody. Yeah, I mean, he almost kills Vegeta, I think, and then yes. Krillin like, uh, like hits him over the head and breaks his teeth out because he's shooting like a. Uh, I just remember that scene. It's like oh, yeah, shooting yeah. like a mouth beam or something, yeah. and Krillin like lands on his head like Mario style, and it like closes it up, and the mouth beam like explodes in his mouth. Yeah, uh, and then he's super yeah. mad at Krillin for like breaking his teeth. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> they uh, Rakum is honestly the. The second scariest one. Yeah, the most. Sc- Jason Burter are actually stronger than Raccoon. We think they don't feel like, but it. they don't feel like it because by that point Goku has shown up and and done like he did, like he did with Nappa, Nappa. and like one shot Raccoon. Yeah, and then at this point, like we get an illustration of how ridiculous Goku is because Jason Burter like can't even tell he's moving. Um, yeah, he's because he's so, so fast. In no anime to this day has done, oh my goodness, this person is that fast since then. The closest yeah. one has been Naruto with Rock yeah. Lee when he takes off the weights. And even mm-hmm. that one was kind of like, oh, okay, so he's fast enough to keep up with Gara Saiyan. That's really fast, but the sand is a reaction. Goku mm-hmm. is... So it's for everyone to understand what happens in the scene, <laughs> up until this point... People had either moved fast enough that you could see them running, or they were so fast that you couldn't see them at all. They were just yeah, they would like blur. Yeah. Well, Goku is standing in place while um um the two are fighting him. Yeah, Jason Burter like throwing blasts at him and like trying to hit him, but and it's he going through him. Moving. Yeah, it's <laughs> going through him. It looks like it's just passing through Goku, and he, everybody's like, "Did he get some new move that lets him like you know basically like." 
phase three things? And is that what happened? All they show is his feet in the sand. Yeah. And there's little divots and crevices where he's been shifting to the side. Just, it, just slightly. Just slightly. <laughs> so he's been moving like an inch or a quarter inch the entire time from that one spot. And he's been dodging the entire time. Yeah. So fast that we didn't even know he was moving. So that is a cool, like, introduction. But Captain yeah. Ginyu is the leader. Yeah. Who... And he's the real scary one. Because he because... has to transfer. Yeah. yeah. We see him at first. And he's like, oh, he's strong. He can kind of keep up with Goku. But then we realize, no, he actually can't. And then he, like, wounds himself. And it's very strange at first because you're like, okay, what's going on with this? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, what? And he's, what makes him so strong is whenever he runs into somebody he can't beat, he steals their body and gives them his junk body, which is why he's injured himself. So Goku's stuck with his body that's like mortally wounded. Yeah, he like punches out his lung and part of his heart. Yeah. Um, and then immediately changes bodies with Goku. And then everyone's confused because they're like, why is what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, and then almost, almost wins anyway because he. He almost takes Vegeta's body later. Yeah, and then they end up throwing a frog in the front of the beam, and um, that's where Captain Ginyu gets trapped in. Uh, he gets yeah. trapped, and in then actually world. he shows up again in the Frieza, the new Frieza saga in yeah. Super. Yeah. <laughs> in which case, yeah, there's a guy that's like Frieza's henchman that trains with him, and he's like really strong but not very good. Like he's like strong but not a very skilled fighter. And then Ginyu manages to like get him to like read the the thing and like steals his body when he's the frog and then that guy turns much more dangerous and like beats up gohan yeah so i was gonna say this i thought this was cut and dry when i started this one Mm -hmm. i cannot vote for the ginyu force for it is a good reason for the ginyu force but it deters them from being a good villain Mm -hmm. the ginyu force is a lot of fun yeah they're they're actually really really likable they are they are the team rocket of Dragon Ball Z. But unlike um Team Rocket in this sense, they're they're slightly effective, but it's not for they they never feel villainous. They feel no. like people following orders that are complete jocks and douchebags. And that in the villains right is villainous. It, it feels like the village people from the YMCA <laughs> <laughs> Except they work for a super film. It feels like some really, really obnoxious gym rats. They kind of do. Got yeah. orders from like their LA Fitness headquarters to go out <laughs> and be a jackass to people. Yeah, and, and and they feel like they're doing their job. Like it feels like if they if if Frieza was like, yeah, you don't have to kill this guy after all, they'd be like, oh, that's fine. They feel like the the analogy of if. You love what you do. You've never worked a day in your life. <laughs> and they truly love what they do. And don't get me wrong. I love the Ginyu Force. But the more I think about them versus Queen Beryl, because of how Queen Beryl preys on the insecurities of people, the way mm-hmm. she manipulates them makes me feel a lot of how um, they. Um, she feels like a... Um, a Naraku, like a, an actual villain that's actually out there for villainous things. These guys don't feel like they have anything. Um, and as much fun as they are, they also all get... The biggest issue with the Ginyu Force is that they are always comically defeated. So, um, mm-hmm. Goldo, 
like he's really strong and menacing and then just gets his head chopped off by yeah uh, Vegeta. Vegeta Vegeta shows up and just like knocks his head off um Raccoon is crazy strong and then Goku just comes in and does a nap on him like elbows him in the gut and that's yeah it. Jace and Berto are like not even like there because it's like yeah. like Jace gets instantly punched in the nose by Goku yeah, their, their whole thing is speed, and Goku like, Badoosh. he's like, oh my nose, like you know, like it's and funny. It heavy, random, all space Australian accent. Yeah, and it's all funny, it's all fun, but they never, outside of Raccoon's whole thing, they and Ginyu, and Ginyu, they're not really intimidating. They don't feel like a villain's force. It's like, how are they going to get their ass handed to them this time? And they ended up getting their butts kicked again. By the cannon fodder character. <laughs> Yamcha. Yamcha kicks and ass. Chao Su. And so, I won't say Tien because Tien's actually. Yeah, Tien doesn't count. But the other I like Yamcha, is, but Yamcha is kind of the... He's the jobber. Of yeah, he's a jobber. So I'm going to go Queen Barrel because in my yeah. personal opinion, she feels more like a villain. That's just me. Ginyu's more fun, but she's more of a villain, so I can second. Yeah. What do you say, Arnold? I really don't have an opinion on this, just because I don't really know much about Queen Barrel. You have to cast a vote. I mean, it doesn't matter. Y'all both voted for You have to cast. (laughs) Don't say that because what happened last time when people didn't cast their vote, this happened in America. (laughs) Cast like so. I'm gonna cast my vote for Harambe. You you know you know good and well, Arnold, that that, that makes me angry. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, I'm very angry at all the young children who cast for Harambe during our last election because they did it as a meme and they all thought it was cute. And now look at us. Anyway, um, like, so cast one, Arnold. Even though Queen Bro won, I want to hear your vote. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Queen Barrel because she sounds memorable. I don't know who the fuck those two guys were. Never read Dragon Ball. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Get you gone. Um, last one is Grand Fisher from Bleach versus Father Cornello from Fullmetal Alchemist. Both good jobber villains. Yes, very good jobber villains. Uh, can I get? I'll take Grand Fisher on this one. Go ahead, yeah. Because he's one that's not as well known, maybe by some, maybe it's a little bit in a while. Uh, so Grand Fisher is a hollow. If those of y'all remember Bleach, you don't know Bleach. Um, they're just the the just the yes, they're the original villains of Bleach before we got all the stuff with Eisen and all. Um, I know spoilers, um, but yeah, they're they're <laughs> the manifestations of just negative emotions when people die if they're not ready to pass on. Sometimes they turn into hollows. Um, and they turn into, they generally have a hole somewhere, and they have different monstrous features to them. Um, Grand Fisher is introduced uh, really actually in a flashback, right? Because the very first time we see Grand Fisher, he is just known as the guy, the hollow, that killed Ichigo's mom um, when Ichigo was a little boy. And then after that, he started seeing ghosts and everything and kind of shaped his whole like life to some degree. Right? Yeah, I think we see him before, but then he like explains things. Yeah, I think he maybe shows up and like Ichigo fights him, but he gets away. Ichigo, le- yeah, doesn't he get away and then yeah, he returns? He gets away, I believe. And yeah, then he yeah, returns yeah. later, which I'll get to in a minute. But he's he's mostly significant in the fact that he is a. Most hollows are malicious. Like, 
are you know predatory and they get satisfaction off of killing people. Um, and he's, I guess, mostly significant in the fact that he's the one that caused his major childhood trauma. Yeah, yeah. Grand Fisher seems to have more of a goal in mind, mm-hmm. and he enjoys manipulating things. Yeah, because he uses like basically, he's like an angler. Yes, and he uses a, um, a du- yeah. I remember this now. He, he to go like tore off the. Um. But yeah, he he baits people into um, leaving themselves vulnerable. By- oh, and you, you he, cut off there. You say he? No, yeah, he, he uses a like a he uses like a decoy. I think it's like a little something like, a, like an anglerfish that's yeah. like bait for people. Like he tries to get Ichigo to help him, quote unquote. It's actually yeah. a setup so he can prey on people. Um, yeah. Ichigo does fight him, but he gets because then later he shows up more powerful. And and confronts Ichigo's dad, and then it turns Ichigo's. Oh, uh, hold on! You were you were cutting up pretty bad there. I don't know what's up with my internet. There's no excuse for it to be bad. I mean, well, yes, sir. Everybody's working. <laughs> yes, there is. It's Saturday. Uh, companies are bad. I'll this I'll fill true. in something with what you were saying though, because I, I heard coming. But what people may not know is that what Dustin was saying was that he he functions like an angler fish, and he has like a little thing on the front of his body. Then yeah. he can manipulate the transforms into basically like a human. It looks like mm-hmm. a human, and he can use that to then attract people. And, and then, yeah, yeah, he like does that. And then, like what Dustin was saying was that he fights Ichigo again. And did you say he got away? Uh, yeah, he fights Ichigo when Ichigo cars and gets away. And then he shows up later with like new powers, like mm-hmm. oh, I'm I'm scary and I'm stronger than before. And he like tries to kill Ichigo's dad, and it turns out Ichigo's dad is actually much stronger than anybody. Yeah, Ichigo's dad. Like, he, like, he's... turns around and, like, one. Yeah, Ichigo's dad, like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, there's basically, like, this little line where he's, like, but their swords, the size is, is the size of their swords representative of their power. And he's, like, yeah, that's a grub and can't, like, control it. Yeah, he's, like, if you can't control <laughs> your sword's size, then you are just weak. Um, yeah. So, Grand Fisher. That was so, Grand... hold on. Mm-hmm. Bleach is all about dick measuring then. <laughs> it's actually it's it actually is. It's, it is and it isn't. Like you're right, Arnold. Like it is about dick measuring, but then it's also about how you use your dick. <laughs> so like it's like you it's can not have, about the sides, how you use it's it. It's not the size of the thousand sunny. It's how <laughs> you get Nami to steer. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't uh, know where that one was going, but it, it worked out well. Though. So what I was going to say is that um, to understand it in Bleach, your zompakta—that's the dick that Arnold's referring to—is being measured. Your He's, sword. Your sword. This guy. This episode is super Freudian. <laughs> the the when you use it, typically it transforms. Ichigo has a really big zompakta at the beginning, but then he learns hey. how to utilize it, and it becomes more slender <laughs> and more maneuverable. So before, Ichigo used to just slang it around. Yeah, but, and it, it was basically like a giant... It's like cloud over here. Like yeah, giant. giant cleaver. 
And he's yeah. just like slinging his own pocket around. But then he learns that sometimes in order to penetrate better, you have to <laughs> utilize your moves and move about. It's um, all, it's, it turns out it's actually about rhythm and pacing. It's about <laughs> rhythm and pacing. And not just throwing the biggest thing out there. Because some people may be afraid of that. Um, like, um, um, everyone else's on Pacto varies in size as well. And so like, what Ichigo's father is referring to is that there's a lot of people with Zanpakuto that are more slender are just plain sword looking and they're extremely powerful. Um, you know, Aizen is one of them. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, so you'll, you'll have that. And there's Zanpakuto that start off small and grow larger because that's how they work. Um, Sometimes they just do weird physics things. Yeah, some of them actually want their Zanpakuto to die. Um, because it has yeah, like, like a hidden ability, mm-hmm. but yeah, so yeah, that's Grand Fisher, though. That's Grand yeah, Fisher. He's, he's, he's guy, he's menacing, but not really. Yeah, um, moving on to Father Cornello. Father Cornello is the first jobber in Full Metal Alchemist episode one of the yeah, he's original in the one. yeah, the original, and then we get the freeze guy in the in brotherhood yeah the water and ice alchemist and he's not actually in the original manga no he's not he was completely done for the brotherhood opening get a good action scene right Mm -hmm. Um, also there's no water and ice alchemist outside of him in the story that i can think of which is unusual because you think that's a yeah they got a fire power set they They got got a fire Um, technically, you could say guy whose element is explosion. That's what I was gonna say. You could technically <laughs> say Kimberly is the wind one because he's using explosions. But yeah, there's no water one, and so Father Cornello is in the original Full Metal Alchemist anime, so not Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and he is a religious leader in a small town where he has one particular character, um, a dark-skinned girl with like a pink hair thing in the front and um stuff like that very anime hairstyle named rose right yeah named rose and she's a very religious character she's very important actually to the full metal alchemist the full metal alchemist story and so she's a very religious individual and her boyfriend or husband died Mm -hmm. um a while ago and so she looks to the church for guidance and help the sun god leto right Mm -hmm. yeah and so she goes there to 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 worship and stuff and she helps out father canela a lot and this is when we introduce um ed and al and so they meet they're investigating what's happening around the area and uh eventually she is she sees them perform alchemy and she's like, oh my goodness, you can perform miracles. And Ed is like, the fuck are miracles? And he's like, this science, motherfucker. And she's like, no, these are miracles. This is what Father Canelo can do. And um, one... It's like, uh-huh, interesting. One very good way to introduce the underlining theme of Full Metal Alchemist, in my personal opinion, because one thing about Full Metal Alchemist is that holding truth and completion in one of the, the themes of Fullmetal Alchemist religion and science to a dogmatic standpoint is problematic. And mm-hmm. so you get Rhodes who just sees it as miracles. And then you have Ed who just sees it as science. And so turns out later on in the series, it's kind of a combination. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. you, you see metaphysics. Yeah. You get all of this com- combination and how like, 
they um, they say this in Brotherhood and in the manga. I'm not sure they say it in the original one, but they 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 make it a very interesting point that the way that L and L, sorry, I combined their names. Ed, <laughs> um, Ed does. No, you gotta be careful combining. <laughs> we don't want to bring up the villain from the last one um but like they always make a comment about when ed uses alchemy it looks like he's praying and so like the big huge thing is that they see that and then they go to the church and ed's like hmm, interesting someone was doing something that's alchemy and so he meets father cornello and then another excellent scene that okay i'll admit in my young high school days and like um maybe late middle school days i forget but um i was so emo like loving this sentence where um ed talks they talk about like the the soul of a human and ed's like whatever he brings out this book and it starts labeling all the chemical formulas and percentages of what makes up a human and he's mm-hmm. like, none of this is a soul. And I was like, ooh, edgy. Like, he used <laughs> It's science. like, yeah, that, that, that turned out real well for <laughs> Bring your mom back, didn't it, Ed? Right. And, and, and then, <laughs> now, this is this is post him doing it, which is yeah. which is a, a good reason for why he's so jaded and messed up about mm-hmm. it. So, because, um, and so, like, they go through it, and um, they go through, like, the whole chemical formula. And so, Father Cornello says he's an abomination he's trying to manipulate people and ed's like no you're the abomination what you're doing is you're utilizing um alchemy and you're parading it off as miracles to get this town to do whatever you want them to do and um i'm here to stop you because i am a narc um and so he's um, actually a state alchemist okay yeah a dog of the military dog of the military and so he goes forth and they commence in fighting. They have a really awesome scene where um, he summons a chimera and Ed, like, blocks it with his arm. And this was before you get to oh, see yeah. the titular full metal part. Um, like, oh, he's a cyborg. Yeah, and so he takes it off, beats up the guy, um, beats up Father Cornello, um, and gets rid of his fake philosopher's stone. Um, <laughs> very painfully. Very painfully. Head. It's like, oh, it's, it's real bad. He overuses it and it blows up and... gun into his arm and yeah it's real bad and so father cornello later on turns out that he was indeed um working for lust and gluttony and um he fails and so lust has gluttony eat him and um ironic considering (laughs) yes um and so father cornello He's definitely a manipulator. He's, he's a gold digger. He's, he's a gold digger. He's a blasphemer. He's an, an a, a utilizer of science to a horrible degree. He's like certain televangelists. Yes, he's a televangelist before they had TV. Like he's uh, a, He actually does have radio. Yeah, he does have radio. Um, he's a pretty nasty individual. Yeah, because he also offers Rose to like... Uh, he keeps making promises to her and then mm-hmm. like, brings back, quote unquote, her, her lover. And it's like a horrible abomination. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And that like scars her permanently. It yeah. does. It jacks her up to the degree that she starts doing all sorts of crazy stuff throughout the. And yeah. This, in the original, show. she's yeah. in the original. She goes mute. Yeah. She goes mute. They mute. She goes mute for the longest time. And then they like 
So they bring her back for the very near the end, the climax. She doesn't show back up. Oh, she doesn't? I don't think so. I thought she showed back up. Maybe she does. She's in the anime, original anime. But I think she's... It's, been a, it's, been, a it's been a long time, so I don't know. Maybe you're right. She doesn't show back up. But yeah, she does become mute and like destroyed by that. So... Mm. He's bad. Um, He's a bad man. I'm going to go with Arnold first. Arnold, cash or freaking folk? Who's... This who's, way you're not influenced by mob mentality. Who's evil? Uh, <laughs> I probably go with Cornello. Okay. okay. Because while Grant Fisher is the reason why the protagonist becomes the protagonist of Bleach, uh, Cornello is like trying to essentially make the whole town like his cult, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah, in fact, his his manipulations do lead to the whole town basically probably dying because the the sins like turn it around and keep and like poses him and get them to like inside a riot. And we know how riots end in Full Metal Alchemist. Yes. Oh, yeah. A lot of people did. So, um, so okay. That's for you, Father Canelo. Dustin. I'm also going with Father Canelo. Because Grand Fisher talks to him. He, he's, he's kind of like his fake little thing. He's. Mm-hmm. Okay. Especially I... when we also learned there was. Well, I, I won't spoil this. This hasn't. Okay. Why things? Why he didn't just get owned and not actually be a threat in the series? Yeah, because they are making that new one. So I am going to go with Father Cornello as well. This has been like streamlined. Like we just agree for the low. Like the low levels are easy. We don't have anybody like Gilgamesh in this episode to talk. It's gonna be man. I would have voted more for Gilgamesh if now that I've seen. Man, don't tell me now. My boy didn't make it. Um, There's no redos. No, there are no redos. Um, they die here and they, they don't come back. Naraku is pretty. Um, but, like, yeah. Hold on, quick. Arnold, your brother is asking me to play a game. <laughs> gotta tell tell him. him that he's a loser and that his shackle is garbage. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. Um... <laughs> Shots fired. Okay, let's close up. Hey, we already got rid of Buggy in here. Yeah, his, his, his Shaco is like his Shaco wasn't the Joker. His Shaco was Buggy. Jesus. <laughs> um. So let's let's go through the last ones. This will be a little bit easy because we've already got the introductions out of the way. But we can make counter arguments if you need to. The next roundup is Rando versus Nappa. Holy shit! I didn't know it was going to be that. Um. <laughs> fuck. Uh, That's a tough call because he had two two pretty good like low tier villains. Nappa sets the stage for Dragon Ball Z, but Rando isn't a jackass. <laughs> like Rando commences in breaking people's bones for fun, but Nappa just... shot the middle finger. Come on, man. He did. He blew up a whole town with his finger, and that was You know was what they say? Lost. Like, who, sh- who fought? Who shot the first shot? You know, they don't know. They don't know because you know, no one was around to shoot the second one. You know, it's it's interesting too. Both of these villains kind of are in that space where they kind of set the tone for set up other villains to some degree and yeah. set up other arcs. Because Rando, on the one hand, is like really scary when he's introduced, but he's like what a low C villain. 
Yeah. Like a low C de- demon. So everybody after that's got to be way stronger than him. Yeah. And um, he also sets up the thing with Genkai that by like uh, like flailing his way through to victory, mm. Yusuke actually becomes competent because Genkai trains him. Yeah. We I'm also just... learn that really they're much of a threat of Rando because, I mean, really, how long would Genkai put up with that? Before she's like, I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> but see, I guess I'm looking at it from this perspective. It's hard for me because, okay, Rando crushes people's butt, legs and bones for fun and laughs at it. <laughs> Nappa punches people's arms off. No, 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 no. Forget that part. That was in combat. Nappa dismisses the deaths of people like it's not a thing. Yeah, he laughs about it. Yeah. Like when Chaosu explodes, he <laughs> he's is like, literally well, that like, was fun. He was like, your friend exploded for nothing. Like, um, I am, hmm. He's a Chad. He's like, who's this loser that just blew himself up for nothing? (laughs) Um, Also, Nappa sets up for how scary Vegeta is. See, I'm I'm not just looking at their setup. At that point. They all are setups. I'm trying to think of, like, the more evil. Who's worse? Because Rando's fucked up, though. He is. How is laughing at your dead friend not fucked up? Because because here's the thing. Okay, Chaosu chose to explode. <laughs> yeah, and if he, you chose to he, laugh at some someone who suicided, wait, that's pretty fucked up. Yes, you're right. Hold on though. But Nappa is an like ancient warrior dude who's seen in slaughtered millions. Rando just up, likes man. to crush people's legs. But now that I've said that sentence about Nappa, he is probably worse. <laughs> exactly. Nappa gets, Nappa gets while waiting for Goku to show up and goes and blows up cities and fights the military. He does! He eats a plane! <laughs> yeah, he just smashes into a plane. I, he doesn't people. He doesn't physically eat the plane, but I like to think that like, he was inside the plane that he, like, was eating the plane. He's... That's right... Okay, Nappa for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go Nappa. Nappa's like, man, I'm bored. Hey, those military guys look like they'd be fun to fight. <laughs> he doesn't eliminate the military. Okay, Nappa wins. Rando was close, though, people. Yeah, yeah Rando is close. Rando also kind of got his just desserts. Didn't he get shrunk? He, and he then, did. They, they end up shrinking him or something like that. And then Nappa, of course, like, hey, Vegeta, uh, sorry I lost. Uh, help me out. And Vegeta's like... Yeah, even the way Nappa dies is kind of <laughs> epic. Vegeta's like, nah, dog, you're weak. You got your back broke. Nappa, like, sport. shouts him to death. He doesn't physically. He, like, just exerts yeah, energy. Yeah, he just releases his energy and, like, vaporizes him. <laughs> um, but okay, okay. Queen Barrel versus Father Cornello. They're it's both tough, manipulators. They're both manipulators. One manipulator, and they both exploit people's insecurities. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to look at it now. Now this is the 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 uh, the co- comment of do you let one person get hit by a train or multiple people? Because yeah. Queen Barrel, <laughs> Queen Barrel manipulates not only the Sailor Scouts but. Um, all the other females and some of the males in the series. Um, and Cornello's manipulating what whole like town. Cornello yeah. manipulates a small town, but his real big manipulation is the one that we see is on Rose. Mm-hmm. And even then, he's the thing is Queen Beryl isn't being manipulated by somebody else. Father Cornello yeah. is. Yeah, and he goes out. Cor- like Cornello, for all his bad stuff, is like a puppet of somebody else who's worse. Yeah, that Much for me, worse. That for me pushes Queen Barrel. 
Yeah, because I think Barrel's the more, it's the higher tier villain here. Yeah. She actually is almost a mid tier. Yeah, she kind of is almost. Um, okay, well, me and Dustin's childhoods are going square off here. We have Queen Barrel versus Nafa. Um, Man, I didn't uh, get to vote, but that's okay. Oh, who did you want to <laughs> vote for, Arnold? Sorry. It's okay. Who did you want to vote for? No, that's what I did. No, dude, I just made a whole speech no, about hearing your vote. Oh, stop. What are you, 12? Tell me your vote. <laughs> He's like, if you don't want to hear my vote. You, you don't want to hear it. You you know, it's not what you said. It's how you said it. It's just, you know. <laughs> what is it? What is, what is your no, it, um I would pro- actually pick Father Canelo because I, I don't just, I don't think I know enough of Queen Barrel. Yeah, that's I can fair. understand that. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I, know, I know him better, and so I almost went with I thought more about it, and I was like, no, Barrel was a pretty big villain. For me, with Queen Barrel and Napa, it's honestly looking at the two ideological approaches. Napa is then there for the below man. Well, not only, but I mean that, let's say, in how to exert your evil. Napa physically fucks up shit. And, like, Queen Barrel, you know what? The only reason, I'm going to say this, and I don't feel it's completely fair, but... I think I have to do this. Napa, it gets my vote because Napa has murdered more people over time. But Queen... See, Queen Barrow fucks up your head. Which yeah. is... In, like People she does that. massive psychological damage. She does huge psychological damage. Napa, who does massive physical damage. Don't they just care? Casually blow up some planet after they like free it from oppression. Yes, and they they like murder the the people the in bug this people. Planet yeah, they're they like, hey, up. they're like, we were rescued from uh, our saviors who freed us from oppression, and then as they get ready to leave, they like blow. Up. Yeah. Uh fuck. Arnold, who do you, who are you gonna go for? I know you know Napa more, but who are you gonna go for? Hmm. Also, whoever. Is sending me messages. I'm apologizing to the fans now because I know you hear all those beeps. <laughs> I actually don't hear them on my side. You won't hear them, but it pops up all the time in recording. I'm going to have to go with Napa just because of the kill count. The kill count? <laughs> he, is, he is genocidal. I do understand that, like, psych- like phys- you know, psychologically fucking someone up is probably worse on the meter. But that's like for a couple people versus well, millions. Now it's it's a good sizable town, but I see what you're saying. Um, you mean the one that the one maybe the size that before the bird? <laughs> <laughs> um, but see, and the, here's the only thing that I argue with that is that death in Dragon Ball is so fucking common. It is, and then it's like, "Hey guys, hey Shinron, can you uh, you like fix the thing?" Like the the effects that the effects that Nappa puts on people can be reversed. Yes, not a, there's no in, Dragon Ball in, the in setting, Sailor Moon. Yeah, in the setting. Yeah, there's no Dragon Ball in Sailor Moon. Yeah. Um. Do people uh, reference Barrel later? Like this is a question. I, I haven't Barrel... watched it though in a while. Because mm, I wonder that because Nappa's kind of forgotten. About Napa is forgotten about. Queen Barrel's... I will say, Queen Barrel leaves a vacuum that is a very strong point in the series. Uh, you Okay, you know what? 
I'm going to give my vote to Nappa for one reason, and that is because Queen Beryl suffers from the Rita Repulsa effect, where she keeps sending out monsters instead of doing it herself. Mm-hmm. While she is a very evil, yeah, while she's very evil, her execution of her plans never fully goes through, while Nappa's mm-hmm. plans... <sighs> Nappa don't need no plan. Nappa's as good as... Oh, this is so complicated because Nappa falls into the Father Cornello thing where he's just the minion of someone stronger. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm going <laughs> I'm going Nappa. For those okay. of you who are Sailor Moon people and are fans of it, I don't think this was a... Given this is a tournament, it's not going to be fair. Wait till you get to the Hydra villains. It's going to be ugly. Um, it's going to be real ugly. Because the Hydra villains is going to be nasty. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go... I'm going Nappa. I'm going Nappa. Yeah, going Nappa. Yeah. Um, What's he going Nappa? <laughs> you want to zap I don't know. <laughs> uh, Nappa wins our okay. tournament. Um, mm-hmm. That was a good one. Uh, yeah, it actually, this was it actually fast, more dude. difficult. It went fast, yeah. but it was more difficult than all the other ones. <laughs> um, so I won't keep our listeners here hanging on for too much longer, but do look forward in about two episodes. Um, we will be doing our high tier villains. That means for all of you who've been waiting, we're gonna throw in some Dio Griffith is coming. I don't know if they'll be in the same bracket, right? Um, Dio Griffin. Yoshikage Kira? Uh, we're not one? putting Yoshikage Kira and Dio in the same one. Uh, yeah, we that would be to. unfair. Uh, Aizen. Aizen goes in here. Um, also, I will say Griffith. You say Griffith Frieza. for a second. Uh, <laughs> I don't want Sarah Frieza. to kill him. <laughs> she Griffith. was like, don't forget his real name, the bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but who else did you say? Um, Aizen. Uh, Frieza. Frieza. Aizen. Um, L. L's going to yeah. be in this. Um, L or L or Light? Which one? Oh, sorry, Light. L's Light, in this. Yeah. Um, um, Lelouch, Lamperouche. Lelouch is going to be in this. So, everyone, you got two episodes worth of time to catch up on whatever you feel like catching up on. Oh, Miriam is going to be in there from Hunter Hunter. Then um, the bloodbath. There's going to be two weeks. Catch up as quick as you can. When we, I will be nice and not put. Kira in um, the first one because he's in JoJo's part four, which will give people enough time if they don't want spoilers. I gotta catch up on JoJo. Um, But Dio will be in the first one. Um, Dio Brando. You thought this was a fair that there would be Dio. Dio. Um, Actually, it's still going to be fair because a lot of these villains are also really... Everyone's high tier. Um, I'm going to be mad with whoever wins. <laughs> um, it's one of those ones where no one wins as yeah. good villains. Um, so, okay. So, anyway, um, thank you for listening. We are the Key Items Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud, kind of, but not really. Um, you can check us out <laughs> on our website at keyitems.squarespace.com. And you can also email us at unlock at keyitemspodcast.com. Please like, add, subscribe, and share us. Unlike the coronavirus, you should spread us around. Um, <laughs> Virally. Virally. 
the way Dustin added that in, Come on, man. and all these innuendos in our episode, it's just <laughs> <laughs> this, this episode. You should spread us. <laughs> anyway, oh, um, gosh, I don't. I didn't even mean it that way. Oh, no, I know, I know, you didn't. You didn't. Most of, from what I've heard, from what people's responses have been, most of your funniest moments, Dustin. You have no idea what you're referring. It's like Dustin will say something and someone else will die. And I'm like, you're the nasty person because Dustin wasn't referring to that. I will admit, though, I do this in Cards Against Humanity, too. So who knows? Oh, in Cards Against Humanity, you guys think I'm bad here. I once did something so bad in Cards Against Humanity. Everyone in the room, like, they were like, oh, my goodness. And they all walked away. (laughs) <laughs> I, I kind of did that one time. Uh, they yeah. didn't walk away, but they were just like shocked that I had come up with that. I, I think what was happening was that I um, <laughs> I made a joke about the truth of like being black in America, and my entire group were white people. <laughs> and they, <laughs> they were, were not. They were not ready for it, and I'm <laughs> dying. They, they like, were not ready to be that woke. They were like, "Holy shit, is this what woke is?" I'm going back to bed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, um, thank you for listening to our podcast. I am once again your host, James, always joined by Dustin and Arnold. I almost missed it that time. (laughs) Come again next episode. Arnold picked the topic. Yeah, it's a good topic. Yeah, it's a good topic. We're excited for this. Arnold Newman doesn't pick our topics. Oh, man, time to bomb. (laughs) Well, don't worry. I'll be guiding it through. But Arnold's being that one with the topic. (laughs) it's like hold on let me show you my true power Arnold's like this was only my first form <laughs> anyway <laughs> see you guys <laughs> bye see ya thank you for playing <laughs>